saying a welcome back to another episode of the Waffle and Jam podcast with myself, Miller Jacob, and C. Joe Jose. I've got a very <laughs> special guest today. Got a very, very special guest today, and I say that. Um, well, I mean, I keep saying welcome back, welcome back, but it's been almost a year since our last episode. Um, I hope you guys have all been keeping well and safe during the current climate. Um, but yeah, today, um, without me waffling on too much, mind the pun, uh, today we've got a very special guest, uh, someone who we, both of us, hold very dear to our hearts. Um, he's a very good friend of ours. Uh, we actually met him through uh, playing football, um, and uh, the reason why we wanted to get him on the podcast is because we feel like at this young age, he's someone who's got his head screwed on um, at the tender age of 18. No, I believe he just turned 19. Um, I think his perspective on life and his relationship with God and also just the talent that he has for different things such as football, um, just fitness in general, I think it's very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel like this will be a very wholesome and uh, fruitful conversation that everyone can learn lots from. Um, but yeah, CJ, so anything else to add before we get into it? No, I'm just, let's just get into it. Yeah, so dive in with us as we dive into the life of Brad. Like your face, it just matured like hella quick. Big man. Me? Huh? I'll have to have my camera on too. Yeah, you, bro. You, you. Ah, oh, no, it's because you guys knew me from like a young age, isn't it? Yeah, bro. Like no, it's, it's mad to see. Uh, it's mad to have seen you like growing up, though. Right, hey, CJ, man, yeah, dude. Man. The podcast, and you turn it on topless, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm not, I'm I did, yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> bro, I, I did intend to have my camera on, it's all about the audio, isn't it? But it's fine, yeah. yeah. That, but no, but adding on to that, though, yeah, it's because mm. Brandon, because when we were playing football with you, we started playing, you were what 15, 16, isn't it? Then COVID happened, 14, then, 14. Oh, yeah, and then That's COVID happened, 14, yeah. yeah but I, but do you know what's funny, though? Like, I've, I've always thought of Brandon as someone older. I don't know if it's because he's just like miles better oh, yeah. than us all at football, but I've always thought yeah. of him as someone. A bit more mature, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like yeah, we'll get into that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, okay. so welcome to the Waffle and Jam podcast, Brandon. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. Um, Thank and, you so much. And we've just done it's a quick introduction. We've done a quick introduction. Oh, yeah, so we want you to uh, take this opportunity to introduce yourself. You know, tell everyone who you are, what you're about. Okay, so obviously I know you guys. I'm Brandon Anthony. I feel like I'm being a bit too professional with my surname, isn't it? These are like brothers to me. I met them during football because um, of, of my cousin Danny, which is close to you guys. You know, he went to uni with Siege and Mo. And, uh, did yeah, he go with Mobin as well? Mobin as well, yeah. Yeah, okay, sick. So that's how we know Milan. You know, I, I, was, calling, I was calling Milan Milan for like the. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like three, four more years. Yeah, yeah I was like, "What's going on?" Corrected us. <laughs> why, why did you correct us earlier? So yeah. Dad, but do you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because everyone calls me. Yeah, yeah. Nah, they call you like awful, innit? Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I played together with these these boys in CPFC multiple tournaments. We've met, you know, either on the same side or in the finals or semi-finals. So yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, just to sort of add on to that, what we were talking about initially, um, like kind of like before recording, we we're just saying how like Brandon's growing up fair quick, um, and because we had like a bit of like a hiatus because of COVID and that, 
Um, but essentially, we first met. It was a brand. You're 19 now, right? Yeah, yeah. I just turned just 19, 19 like three, four weeks ago. Oh, wow. Mad. Yeah. So when we first met, brand, it was like 14. And then, from my perspective, when I first met you, yeah, because I I don't actually know who you were, because all I knew was that you you all of you lot were wearing that blue kit. I was like, oh, CPFC must be like Danny's cousins or whatever. And mm-hmm. I see this kid like just falling out. Like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, but like CJ, I thought you were like similar to my age or something because you just like because you you were kind of tall for your age well, and you were like you definitely of, look older than Regan. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a similar age as Regan or older than me because I thought Regan was my age initially, innit? Um, yeah, but then yeah. I found out that Aaron was my age, then Regan's like yeah, two yeah. years younger. You were like younger than yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I was like, bro, what's this guy doing? But this guy's moving like Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> we started playing together like like weekly or like monthly or whatever at um, uh, East Town, whatever. Um, and then yeah, we just sort of like like all of us together. It was quite nice because we just sort of became like an extended family almost. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly, man. But, and I think um, I think I like think what, the what, first, go the, on, go on, Brandon. Go on, go on, Siege. No, I was gonna say like the, I was just gonna touch on the family thing. I think it was it was mad that you know we got invited into CPFC. Um, yeah. For for me and Milan, I think it was the first time we got invited into a team. Um, yeah. I mean, no, it, it wasn't the first time we got invited into a team, but it felt like you know we were joining something quite special. Um, and I think the fact it was clear to see like you know the unity was there even before like, even like when there's like disputes and stuff you guys you know go at it together um, it, it doesn't feel like one person's left out and it, it's a really good team spirit there and it was an, an, an honour to be part of the team you know like there's no there's no question about us coming back at some point in the future and stuff you know but um, yeah just such a such a lovely like even CPFC like can you tell us what it stands for yeah exactly let us know yeah, so, so CBFC, we built the team um, because of our grandmother. So in Mali Island, we, 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 we called her Amma, because she was the mother of our family. So all, all of us, we're, we're all related. So with Lyndon as well, we didn't even know we were related to him until we met him at football. And we were like, this guy also serves at our church. <laughs> I can't and imagine the guy also serving. <laughs> like, the thing is, we used to, when we saw him, our first interaction, I started laughing so much because... He looked identical to Alex in their like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in their teenage years. So like, oh, that looks so much like Alex. And then one time we turned up back to Pali. We're like, what? We know you. He goes to church. So yeah, it was just so mad. And then you know we we're like, okay, he can play football. You know, he's got that um, competitive mindset. He's conditioned his mind to play under pressure because he played badminton um, competitively with Alex alongside yeah. other players in our team. So we're like, okay, that's. Let's form this team. Since we're all related, uh, let's call it CBFC because, you know, we are representing our grandma. And, you know, um, funny thing is, in 2017, our first tournament where we met you guys in the final, that was the first time we played with each other in about 10 or 15 years. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that tournament where we were final, it was like a get-together. You know, we hadn't even seen our cousins in so many years. You know, so we yeah, like, oh, yeah. damn, you guys have changed so much. So yeah, it was it was a brilliant experience, and you know, football brings everyone together. And because of you know our grandma, you know what what she represented, we wanted to bring that to the team as well. So yeah, I thought mm. that was an excellent opportunity to do that, and we took it on board. And you know, props props to Danny as well for for doing all of this. He was like the founder of our team. He got in contact with all of us, got us sorted with the tournament, and you know, because of Danny, we were able to meet 
you know, an excellent bunch of you, you guys, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. you to the family. It's like we're all brothers again. Yeah, yeah we definitely um, like appreciate the way you you guys have definitely like welcomed us in and stuff. But when you say the team represents your grandma, what does the CP actually stand for? So CP stands for Clemency of Patros, which is okay. her name. So we're like, okay, because we didn't know what to call it at first, and then we're like, you know, what, uh, what, what do we have in common? Okay, mm. we got the same grandma. You know, she loved sports as well, and we're we're all, all such a sporty family. My mom yeah. played um, growing up badminton it? for West Ham. Football. Oh, wow. Yeah, football. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you guys think I'm I'm picking up my football skills from my dad? No, I was talking to Uncle and he said your mum used to play badminton as well, right? Yeah, she played badminton nationally as well, alongside oh Alex's mum. That is That's mad. Crazy. Yeah. Right. So basically, you had to be a baller, innit? Yeah. I didn't have to because um, I was we all all kind of smart in school as well so it's either you pick one or the other you know whereas yeah. if you have a balance of both it's like oh you don't know what field to go into mm-hmm. if, if yeah. you know what that means it's like a it's it's a good dilemma to be in mm. yeah, i was just gonna you can, ask you like, i was just gonna ask you so like what was it like for you growing up was it difficult for you to find that balance did you did you feel like under pressure to choose one or the other or was uncle and auntie quite liberal in how they let you choose what you wanted to do Okay, so the, the difference between, I find, with my family and a lot of Asian stereotypical families is I have the freedom to, you know, go in and do what I want, you know. I'm not saying this to offend anyone, but I feel like with Asian parents, they always want to try and force you down the path of, you know, getting to the top in, like, uh, medicine mm. or, yeah. or lawyering or, so, or something like that. Along that field. But with my parents, yeah, exactly. They were, they were very chilled with, as long as we were... Uh, you know, staying on top of our studies, mm. we were free to do anything we wanted. So because of that, you know, we were kind of forced to, you know, be smart academically in school. You know, mm-hmm. thank God we were, you know. <laughs> and it's the also, thing is, sorry, sorry to cut up, it's also because, like, they told you, uh, you can play sport, as much sports as you, as you want, as long as you keep on top of your mm. work. You had that exactly. motivation to keep on top of your work, and exactly. then you'd be able to do what you love. Mm. Exactly, um, exactly. And following on with that, um, you know, growing up as uh, playing football, the thing is with football, my first experiences in the team was when I was uh, around eight or nine years old. So I didn't have yeah. that a basic and fundamental knowledge of how to play it. So I was kind of like, you know, one of the critiques I remember that will always stick with me, my dad told me, you're running around like a headless chicken. I was like, okay. You know, I, I, st- to, I still do I that, play to, football. <laughs> I need to fix up. <laughs> yeah, so... So, so growing on from from that, I went to another team, which I was invited from my primary school friends. They got me into the team, and then they had no coach. So that's when my dad stepped up and was like, "Okay, let's take this team. We were in the last division of the bottom league. Um, let's take this team and hey, elevate I, it." I got moving like Coach Carter, you know. <laughs> yeah, bro, it was exactly that. So, so um, we were we had to forfeit our first three games because we didn't have a, a full team and a coach. So we were already bottom, zero points, three games played. So then we started playing and then we managed to get to the top at one stage. We beat the champions of the past season. So we were like, okay, we got a good chance. And then the final week came and the team uh, that was below us beat us by one point. 
because we drew with them a few weeks before okay. and because of that, that i remember it was it was my fault i missed a one-on-one in the last minute so i could have won the game for my team and then oh, i decided that... to yeah the thing is i did, I, I decided to take a long shot because i was i was through i could have just dribbled a bit further take the shot but i i feel like the pressure you know got to me and so your name in the, in the yeah everyone else looked up to me on the team i was like oh, i feel so bad and i was like oh it's my fault you know so I kind of, you know, had to deal with that responsibility. But and I was on the B team as well. This wasn't even like a, a good team. And then luckily I got called up to the A team of that team. And that team was undefeated for three, four seasons in the league. Wow. So it was a pleasure working with them as well. But I didn't know that scouts would be watching those games as well. So yeah. I wasn't trying too hard. I was just playing for the enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. So then when I would receive, you know, advice from my coaches or my dad when he watched I wouldn't take it as seriously as I should have mm. you know I felt like if I did I'd probably be in a better position in football than I am now okay. so so yeah because I, I remember one time the coach came up to us and he was like oh you know scouts have been watching your boy talking about me mm. for like the past few weeks and you know because he hasn't been you know he hasn't shown that desire to actually go on and play to improve okay. you know it's not like we can offer him anything and I was like okay you know maybe I need to step up and then I feel like because of that I got a bit bit too big headed at times so what, so like, was, what age was this how old are you at this point so I was, I was 10 at this point oh wow okay yeah yeah so then I got a bit too big headed because I heard names like Liverpool Charlton West Ham and I forgot the other one Tottenham wow. that were talking about me yeah yeah so I was like okay I got a bit too big headed and then I eventually didn't follow up on any of them. But the one thing that kind of, you know, was a deterrent for me was when my dad called the Spurs coach and was like, the first question the coach asked was, what race is he? So okay. that was kind of like, okay. yeah, in my, in my heart, I already felt defeated and I let that get the best of me. So then mm-hmm. after that, like my football just went down like that after the, until I was about 15. And then slowly I started to like, you know, bring it back up because of, you know, playing and then actually taking criticism on board rather than thinking, you know, I'm too good for this and that and this and that. So, yeah, that was that was growing up playing football, what it was like for me, you know, so, playing bro, different teams, new teams, you know, being judged already before you get to touch the ball because yeah. of, you know, how we look and how we are. Yeah. Because there's such a minority in football teams like us, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're immediately looked at at the start and like, oh, okay, you know, what's he doing here? He's not meant to be here and stuff like that. I think, I think you're touching on something like, I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think you're touching on something really like significant. And I think yeah, just yeah, from, exactly. based on what you're saying from your experience, it's really sad to know, you know, that, that someone's opinion on your race and, and without even seeing you play football or even watching you, they, they've, they've, they've had an impact on how you feel about your own confidence. So, like, do you think, me and Apple spoke about this before as well, so what is your take on, you know, like, racism in football? And also, actually, just to, as, like, a starting point, do you think the underrepresentation of Asians or Indians in football in the UK is directly due to racism, or do you think there are other factors involved? And then if it's racism, how do you think that can be tackled? Oh, there's there's a lot of factors from my experience. So you've got to think about the environment you're growing up in. You know, with Asian parents, yeah. they don't really think sports mm. is mm. significant thing, isn't it? You know, they're like, 
go more focus on your education more than you know sports because sports there's only so much you can do the rest is up to god isn't it but yeah, education yeah. if you work hard it will pay off mm. and then obviously mm. with god's blessing it's a lot easier so you got to think about that firstly because your parents are so important their attitude will um you're dependent on your parents attitude to how they treat yeah. you because you know who's going to take you to training who's going to take you to games 100%. you know where, where's that encouragement going to come from because you know at times you will find it hard to find that motivation to train to go go to training you know work out at the gym to improve yourself so you know especially being from a minority you haven't got people to relate with on the team as you do with like white white people from that are caucasian and people that descend from Africa, etc. Because mm. you know those friends, they they gel so well together. And then when you, when you're um, adopting, can imagine that environment. environment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it, it can be difficult at times. So yeah, that's that's another thing. And um, what would I say? I, I no, I'd say that is the two main factors that kind of you know cause that minority in football within you know Indians and Asians in general. But, you know, there, there is a, a new age coming. You know, there is a, a first Indian footballer. I think his name is Dylan Martin. Dylan Martin. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's a exceptional. But the thing is, with him, he's got to be so good to even be considered. He can't yeah. be like an average, you know, exactly. Joe and then get selected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing with him, like he, he's not... Yeah, he, he stands he out just won. He recently just won, like, the player of the month or something. That's why he's exactly. like... Exactly. Right yeah. Yes. Because he's exceptional, he's like judged on the same level whereas if he was on the same level football like technically he wouldn't be judged the same as them yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think he, he would have to work 10 times and bridge player so yeah that's another thing so so essentially the two main factors obviously you're the, well, from an Asian point of view the parents attitude towards football and how much they prioritise it and then secondly did you could you like touch a bit more on like I know you sort of briefly went on it or you kind of spoke about it with regards to when, when the coach spoke to them and said, said, oh, what race is he? Um, do you have any other sort of like experiences or any sort of like opinions on the attitude of coaches or scouts on like race or like you, on like kind of deciding whether you're good enough for a football team depending on your race? So from my experiences, that has only happened to me once and I've let it get the better of me, which is why that that comes to mind as soon as i think about you know race and football but other than mm. that it's about it's more about um holistic development so uh, what that is coaches looking for how you are off the pitch more than on so do you get along with your family do you get along with the coaches you know if you have a good relationship with the coach you know it doesn't really matter to do with the race you know do you get along with your teammates all of that whereas the thing is with asian people um they find it hard to uh, gel with other uh, races. I find in sports teams because they like to, you know, stick together as a unit. Yeah, definitely. And that's why you see a lot of Asians playing cricket because a lot of Asians already play that, isn't it? Or yeah, badminton yeah. or like Literally. stuff like like that. Yeah. Whereas football, the main population that play is by black and whites. Mm-hmm. So because they kind of exclude themselves when it comes to training or just you know becoming friends with them, coaches will will see that and be like, okay, maybe this guy isn't right for my team. So that's mm-hmm. another thing that they look at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
That's I, I think that sort of resonates with me. So basically, so my turf and CJ recently started playing for like our alumni team from my school. So it hasn't because we went to school oh, for Saint, Saint Ignatius College, yeah. And we have a team called like Old Ignatius. Oh, I saw I saw her on Twitter. Really? Oh, you saw on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out, yeah. But yeah, they have like seven Six. teams. So they play yeah, on Saturdays yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they have a lot of teams. Yeah. You guys played Bologna's at one time, I think. Yeah, we did. We beat them. We beat them. That's when we won 17 seats. Oh, right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was doing that right back. Just running around like a headless chicken. No, no, no. no right. mate, mate, this guy, this guy sells himself short every time. I, I go to, so basically, I, I only went training for the first time yesterday. But I've always yeah. been going um, consistently for like two, three, I think four weeks, after four, four weeks four now. Weeks. I think he's played like three games. And he wasn't really happy playing uh, right back, innit? But he's doing a decent yeah. job. Hey, like, considering hey. the level that they're playing at, like, he's doing decent. He nearly scored last week as well. You guys massively underrate yourselves. No, like, I was just, th- I keep thinking about the time where that first half where, you, you know, Enfield against CPFC. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was a disgusting. Do you know what else was disgusting? What? When you embarrassed the whole team right at the end of the squad. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't really matter. It's about the, the scoreline, isn't it? Nah. You know? hey, yeah, this, but, like, Bro, that second half, you lot just dominated. Yeah, fully. I could see we were just sitting back so much because mm-hmm. you lot were just because all of a sudden, yeah, I'm seeing like Aaron running behind. Like, hey, I saw this guy's playing yeah. right back. What's going on? <laughs> and you guys are just taking more that. shots, and that's what you should have. Like, if you yeah. if you'd make taking more shots right from the start, like we didn't have moves, and we were leaking goals as well with, with those shots. So, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, think, was... I think because because you didn't have moving, you guys were a bit more on it, isn't it? You know, you weren't as yeah. relaxed as you'd be with yeah. moving in goal. Yeah, yeah that 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 actually benefited you guys a lot because you know you, you guys were. I was like, am I playing East Ham? <laughs> you guys like the time press, off the ball movement was like, you guys were moving like Barcelona oh, prime. <laughs> like, what is this? That was. I really like that game though because like because mm. for the first time I was talking to John actually. For the first time I actually wasn't nervous. Yeah, because it was with. Mm-hmm. With boys that we knew in it, yeah. Whereas yeah, like yeah, yeah. just going tournament, it's like you don't know the people, you don't know if there's gonna be like exactly. a fight, or like, mm-hmm. if they're gonna get onto you and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is um this is very like very like sort of it was good to go into. But basically back to my original point. So like me and you started playing for like Old Nations, and this is linking to your point where you said that um Asians find it difficult to like kind of gel with the other like members of the team. And like yeah. I, I I started going to training on my ones before CJ started coming and obviously a lot of the boys uh, some of the boys there I went to school with but I haven't seen them since like since when I was in year 13 so that's what six years ago now isn't it yeah. um, and obviously predominantly the people in that training session are like white or some of them black but just mainly white and for me I always I don't know if it's, I feel I'm at death but I just feel it's outside of my comfort zone isn't it because mm. in society in general you've got your in groups and your out groups your in groups are people that you relate with so for me i would relate with people who are malayali or like just indian in general just from my background went to my school whatever but yeah. in this environment where it's just like everyone was just white it's 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 a subconscious thing but i've definitely found myself being much more quieter than usual not being as outspoken not calling for the ball enough not kind of i don't know just talking to them as i usually would talk to you if i was like with you guys in it um, so I think that definitely does resonate with, with what you said about it. we find it quite difficult to gel. Um, do you think that that has an impact on like your confidence playing football as well? Hundred percent. Because if if you're not comfortable with your teammates off the pitch, how do you expect yourself to be comfortable on the pitch? 
yeah. you know um i find it because with cpfc i'll give an example when we were all you know kind of when we built the team we're like oh should i pass it to him you know because um uh with you, you need to understand your your teammates on and off the pitch you know their attitude yeah because once you understand that you can kind of sense in different situations and scenarios you can sense and anticipate how they'll act in situations you know on the pitch so i think that's that, that's an extremely you know uh good thing to know mm. when when you're building those relationships with your teammates i think, so I think just like, so basically just understanding your teammates holistically pretty much yeah like having like a holistic yeah. understanding yeah, fine. Okay, that makes sense. I uh, see. So what were you? I was just gonna twist it on his head and say, you know, like I think, like you said, it is a fair point to say that it's difficult. Like it doesn't matter what race you are or what what sport you're playing or whatever you're doing in general. When you go into a new environment, it's difficult to kind of gel and be part of the team yeah. and just integrate yourself. But I think like what I found is my first training session was yesterday, and yeah. I was so nervous. I told Apple, I was like, I'm, I'm like, bro, I feel so nervous before you know, like playing. Because I'm playing 11 aside in ages, playing on the grass, and there's like a whole bunch of new people, and I know a lot of them are quite good, and I felt like, you know, I was going to be judged. But I think by the end of the session, I realised that, you know, you can go in with a mindset of, you're here to play football, and if you play well, then they'll notice you, and they'll talk to you. And I feel like near the end of it, I thought I played decent. I don't think I played really bad. There was was some bad bad touches and all that stuff, like nerves and stuff. But I think near the end, near the end, I was gassed, I nearly scored. But near (laughs) near the end though, I I found that, you know, a lot of people were passing the ball more and I was becoming more vocal because I was more comfortable. Um, I think what made that easier for me was the fact that obviously Apple was there. Um, A couple of my other mates were there from school as well. But I think... If you look at it in the sense that you know you're here to do something, like it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're even if you're going into a new team at work, like you're here to do the work and let your work do the talking for you, and then the rest of it, I think, will just come naturally. Obviously, you have to put yourself out there to be able to communicate and socialize. Um, and yeah. I'm only I'm only saying this because like I've had a really tough experience with work and stuff, and I realized with a different mindset, you know, things could have worked out a lot. A lot differently um so i think it's all about your mindset and how you go go in approaching a certain situation um like just just to remain positive and like especially with football and stuff like i'd say with you band like in that in that instance when you when you let it get the better of you it's understandable because you're so young but yeah someone looking back on it like if you kept your if you kept a positive mindset and said you know what i love football and that's what i'm here to do Please. i was saying so like you went through a really difficult time a tough time mm. um and at, you said at the time it kind of put, brought you down, but yeah. looking back on it now, how far have you come from that point? Um, I mean, you're a really talented footballer. We can all see that, you know. So, yeah. like, how have you got got yourself past that? You didn't go out of football. You stayed in. You still you're still playing. So, I think the first thing you need to do is understand why it happened. So, so in my case, as I said, I, I became a bit too big-headed at times, where I thought I was too good. And, you know, I had constant reminders, mum, my dad, uh, Regan and Aaron always telling me, you know, you're a bit too big-headed. So I was like, what did we last say? Yeah, so Brandon, you said the most important thing is understanding why it happened or what's the cause. And then you said you felt like you were being a bit too big-headed and people used to warn you about it. Um, But yeah, no, carry on from that. Yeah, then as I was saying, um, I needed to bring myself back to ground and humble myself. Because mm. I found myself at times, uh, the people I was playing with, because they were playing at such a low level, 
I felt good about myself. So okay. it's it's about uh, changing your environment in football as well. So you know when when you play with better people, or well in life in general, if you if you hang out with better people in life, you're gonna become better. If you hang out with people who are not doing well in your life, you're gonna become like them because you are a product of your environment. So it's yeah. changing your environment as well. So I decided to start not not playing with these people because you know they're just playing for the enjoyment of it. Whereas I wanted to play to improve now. Mm-hmm. So so I had a change of attitude as well towards you know uh, football. Before, as I said, when I was in my younger days, uh, why am I sounding like an old man? <laughs> when I was younger, around just 10, 10, 11 years old, I was playing for the enjoyment because mm. I, I liked football. I still like football, but now I'm taking every opportunity to improve. So um, an example, so with CPFC, um, I'm not sure if you guys noticed, in the first tournament, Melon, were you there in Flandersfield? I don't think I was there. I was there. Oh, I think I was there. Yeah, Siege was there, Tom was there, Mobin was there. And then you had a guy, uh, so we met in the final. So throughout that tournament, I was uh, a bench warmer. So I was playing on the, oh, what's he doing here? Why is right? With CPFC in the first tournament, I was a bench warmer. Because I, I, um, I was in an environment where everyone was better than me. So every single player on that team was better than me. I, was, I would, would say I was the worst at that team at the time. So then I said, okay, because these people are so good, I need to level up or not play for the team. So at every opportunity I took, I took it to improve. I wasn't just playing because, you know, because of that change in attitude is what made me develop as a player and, you know, get past certain obstacles I wasn't able to pass before. So ideally, it's all about your mindset. If you have the right mindset, you can get past anything. So with each Power League session, I would I was trying to do this, do that. It's like you know Jesse Lingard when he when he was on loan to West Ham, yeah. he was playing now to improve. He called it himself Jesse Lingard 2.0. Mm. That was yeah. kind of like uh, you know my metamorphosis. I was playing to now you know achieve certain targets, certain goals, and you know with, with, I'll, I'll give you another example, more recent example. When we played against you guys, I was like, okay, when I play up top, I'm going to try and get a hat trick. And then luckily, you know, I was <laughs> able to. But, you know, it's like little things like that which can help you, you know, advance your game when you play football. So it, yeah. it benefited me. I, I don't I don't see why it can't benefit anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, so essentially, if I sort of like kind of distill it down, you're pretty much saying goal setting is key in your journey of becoming a better footballer. So setting goals definitely did help. Hundred percent. Okay. And and this process of like improving football, would you say that's from what fourteen to now? Yeah, I'm. 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 Hopefully, I still think I'm improving to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, literally, we all are. So, so with regards to the like teams outside of CPFC, were you? Do you continue playing with like a Sunday League team, or did you play like Saturday League, or what did you do? So recently, um, about. Two three months ago, I, I emailed a, a non-league team, so they're just uh, one league below mm. uh, League Two, okay. so they're semi-pro. I just because I saw them on Instagram first, I was like they're doing trials for under 19s. So I just emailed them, and then I uh, they said you know come down to our London campus and you know we'll see what you're about. So that opportunity was there for me to 
prove to myself if I was good enough to get into a team like this. Mm. So because I'm coming in and then they've already got a team. So all the players, they're all training by themselves. You know, I don't know anyone there. I don't know any of the coaches there. Mm. I've only known the coach through uh, talking to him via email. So I didn't even know what he looked like or anything like that. So I come to the training uh, session. Uh, they bring me to one side and we're, we're doing a couple of drills. So I took this as an opportunity to improve myself further. I noticed at times in football, I can be the quietest on the pitch. Okay. So I made sure this time I'm going to be the loudest. I'm going to be the most vocal on the pitch. I'm going to, wow. you know, because one thing coaches look for is your communication off the ball. Yeah. That's what, that's, and that will highlight you. You know, you're not going to notice the person who's being quiet walking on the pitch. You're going to notice the guy who's shouting, who's instructing his teammates to do this and that. Yeah, 100%. So I, so I was doing that. I think, I believe, because of that one thing, he pulled me to one side of the coach and was like, okay, you know, what's the situation? I want you to play for us. And I was like, oh, oh wow. sick. Yeah, because I, I didn't even think I was playing that good. I was just mm-hmm. playing my normal game, but I started talking more. Mm-hmm. That was the okay. only difference I made in my game. And, you know, I was, I was taking every opportunity to play my best football. And, you know, Maldini says, in a 90-minute game, only two minutes you're on the ball. The other 88 minutes, it's about what you do yeah. off the ball. Yeah. So, you know, your off the ball movement, it, uh, it needs to be, um, you you got to bring your A game with that, the communication. So those two factors, that's the only thing I focused on. On the ball, I, I wasn't too, you know, pressed about it. I feel like I'm confident enough on the ball to do yeah. what I want. It's yeah. off the ball. So because I just focused on those two aspects of my game, I believe that's what, you know, led to me being called for further training sessions and a match. But um, I did drop out of the team. I did choose to drop out of the team because the team is called Aldershot. It's based in Aldershot, okay. which okay. Um, it's about a two-hour journey from here. Okay. And they wanted me to also do a one-year PT course with them. Okay. Yeah, so they wanted me to travel there five times uh, a week outside of London right. and then uh, come for training on Saturdays and the match on Sunday. So I went training. This is pre-season. It's all pre-season stuff while I was with them. So I went to training with them. Training's good. You know, they play to a professional level. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the AstroTurf pitch. Everything is so organized. And I, was, I, I was appreciating every moment I was there, especially because I don't need to pay for any of this. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're good, they'll select you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So then the match came, and then I didn't even expect to start. And then they started me up against Bromley. Oh, so, wow. okay. And yeah, now I need to actually play. And then <laughs> I got a cramp within like 30 minutes. Oh, no. So I took off. What position were you playing? I was playing left back because I said that I'll oh, play left back. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I don't want to be that guy who says, you know, I'm a striker, I'm a centre mid. And then I, I'll ruin the yeah. fluidity of the team, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like, okay, I've played left back before 11 aside. Let me, let me just slot in there now. Let me get used to the team mm-hmm. and then see how they play. And then slowly I'll be like, okay, coach, can I play in midfield? Can I play on the wing? Yeah. So that's yeah. how I approach, you know, the team. <clears throat> so I came off the pitch. That, like when I, was, when, I was, when I cramped up, I was winning so many headers, isn't it? Because I'm <laughs> jumping so high. And yeah, all these guys yeah, are yeah. taller than me. Yeah. So, so I cramp up. There's a physio. This is the first time I'm being treated. Uh, you know, <laughs> a physio is coming up to me, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is proper serious." They got the <laughs> yeah, drug, 
drones recording in the sky at the moment. Oh, wow. And then there's like wow. cameras and everything. I'm like, wow, man. <laughs> and the thing is, we were playing in the stadium, isn't it? We were playing in Bromley yeah. Stadium. And we had like an audience all watching us. And I was like, damn, man, I need to play well. Yeah. And then I get cramped up in the first 30 minutes. I was like, oh, these coaches, they don't want me because I'm so unfit. But then I came off and they were like, oh, you were sick, bro. Like, mm. And I was like, oh, what? I didn't even, I, was, I only played for what, 30 minutes. I did, you're complimenting my game. So I was like, mm. okay, yeah, maybe maybe I should, you know, actually try try for this team because I can move up to the professional level. And then there's always other teams watching, isn't it? Yeah. Which gives yeah. you, because, mm-hmm. you know, Ollie Watkins, he was in a similar position. He played for yeah. a team like Oldershot. And then mm-hmm. look at him now. He's, yeah. he's had an England call-up. Mm-hmm. He's in the Premier League. Same with like so yeah, I was like, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. If, yeah. if it's possible with them, it can be possible with me. I think before, but it's a matter of time before like a Sunday league player gets called up, you know, because yeah. scouts watch like even like Sunday league games and stuff like that, and it, yeah. all it takes is like you know consistently doing well, and you know, you you, you'll know. you'll be surprised at how many scouts turn up for Sunday league games. There are actually more scouts that turn up for Sunday league t- uh, teams more than they do for football college um, mm. teams. Oh wow. So, you know, if you go to a football college, they're like, okay, you're not that good. Whereas if you go for like a Sunday league team, you'll actually see guys, you know, they got their notepad out and they're, mm. they're writing notes. Those are the scouts that you go watch out for. Yeah. So <clears throat> you said that um, specifically, you, so when you had that trial, you're like, I'm just going to focus on just being the loudest person in the pit. I'm just going to talk more. Um, uh, because previously you found, found yourself being like the quietest person in the pitch. Um, and then you say you didn't really. F- I mean, obviously you focus on your overall game and like on the ball and stuff, but you're focusing more on your off ball and your communication because you felt like your on ball like like skills were kind of pretty decent. You can back it. So it's sort of like from my point of view, it sort of seems like you're very good at just analysing what you're good at and what you're not at, what you're not good at, and just focusing on your weakness, which I think it takes a lot of like humility and like just being humble in general. Yeah. So I think. The, if, you, if you count your big-headedness initially as a weakness, I think you're definitely on your way to fixing that or sort of kind of transitioning into being like a, a humble person. I'm not going to say like, like I'm not going to say that you're a finished article because as you said, everyone's obviously like improving. Uh, but I think you can sort of like look back and be like, you're definitely progressing in the right direction. Um, I just wanted to sort of like, just adding was kind of like moving away from that. I think how, with regards to the... Um, focusing your strengths and your weaknesses and then focusing on your weaknesses specifically to improve them. How has that sort of like, <clears throat> how have you applied that to different aspects of your life other than football? So like, I don't know, maybe like your personal relationships or like work or academia or just other other aspects of your life in general? So one obvious example is work. So I started work at a very young, I started work as soon as I, I, I could, as it was legal to. So mm-hmm. at 16, I was already working um, with uh, my mom in M&S. So I was like, okay, this shouldn't be too hard, retail. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with work, I didn't receive any training. I was just on the shop floor as soon as I got there. So I was like, I was a bit nervous at times, you know, talking to, uh, sh- I'll call them strangers now, but they're customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, ha- having to easily socialize with people, I found that hard at first. So, because y- you, you, you can notice at times when, you know, you're a bit shy, you you want to kind of stay to yourself, you know, whereas in work, you got to be open, you got to be confident, you got to talk to whoever um, you need to, you need to be flexible, adaptable, all those things, mm. all those characteristics you need to apply. 
So in my first time of working, um, I knew I was making a lot of mistakes and I knew the managers could notice that. So um, my first time of work, I, I, I stopped working after about six months to focus on my A-levels. <clears throat> because it, I was finding it hard to also balance work with A-levels. So that was an, another um, adversity I was going through. Because, you know, A-levels as a whole, it's not easy. And then having to work, you know, as many hours as possible while, you know, doing your homework, focusing on weekly random tests that just pop up, you know, it can be difficult. And then the pressure of working in such a huge retailer, M&S, because M&S is known for, like, their excellent, you know, customer service, there's a huge responsibility on your shoulders. And as a 16-year-old, I was finding it so difficult to do that, you know, all at the same time. So then after six months, luckily my mum, who was also, you know, like a section coach, she's in the management team, she was kind of giving me pointers on how I could improve. And, you know, um, an experience as a whole, I've improved my time management skills, you know, my social skills, my networking skills, all of that is through past experiences, you know, making the mistakes, you know, analyzing the mistakes. So luckily I have such amazing parents to guide me and, you know, my older mm. brothers as well. You know, they're always, you know, maybe sometimes it won't come from, it won't come out the best. You know, Milan, yeah. I know, I know uh, you were the one instance where my dad swore at me during the tournament, but you know, it's coming from the kindness <laughs> yeah. of his heart. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring out the best of me. So yeah, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, for my family because they've kind of brought me back to ground you know I, w I wouldn't say I'd be the person who I am you know because I I still would have continued that mentality of being too big-headed if I was all on my own if I didn't have my family and you know what what they've done for me is just oh man I love them I think like it's from our perspective we can definitely see even just like little things where on the pitch like even even if you've never met a CPFC before, you know which three other brothers. Like you know mm -hmm. Aaron, Regan, and Brad are the brothers. Cause just mm -hmm. how like raw they are to the way like the way they talk yeah. to each other. Like oh, Regan's like Brandon, bro, stop being an idiot. Just go there. And like, you be like, oh, Regan, shut when you come here. <laughs> like you said, the way it comes yeah. out, it's very like informal. But you can say you can see that there's a lot of like raw love in the yeah. way you guys talk to each other. Because you obviously there is a genuine want from each of you guys to see each other improve yeah. um, mm. and I think that's why CPFC is so special because at the end of the day it stays with it, it's, it's your family right so everyone's representing yeah. like your grandma um, exactly. so like it's, it's a common purpose which I think uh, I was meant to mention earlier but that's why you guys are so united you know it's it's very authentic um, but yeah see I think you were going to say something no I was just going to say you know that, yeah. that, that raw love it spreads throughout, throughout the team and like, like Apple was saying the, the, yeah. the, the main you know focus is obviously your grandma and so like it, it brings everyone back even if you know even if you guys are arguing or even if like the team wasn't doing too well it's always something you can you know come back to at half time bring in the team talk and then come back out stronger you know because you know what the cause is at the end of the day so yeah yeah, yeah I'm still waiting for a pull up anyway <laughs> yeah. what for yeah. ZPFC yeah, yeah. We're still, we're still you, get, you guys left us. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were like, "Oh, sorry, uncle. <laughs> we're gonna oh, be man. entering the tournament." <laughs> you guys left us. No, it's deep. Me and Tom actually went training, so we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be part of CPFC. And then blame Milan. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, I, you, said you basically committed. You pretty much committed for that tournament, and then no, yeah. did, but then yeah. Do you know what is? Because we created a team last minute. Because we, yeah. bro, literally like the week before the tournament, we didn't have a team. Like we didn't have enough numbers, and then. 
out of nowhere, just people just started being like, oh yeah, we'll back it, we'll back it. We're like, oh, you know, we might as well just back yeah. it. And then we just, yeah. And like now, like you guys have met like Alvin and like Manu and like some of the other players as well, innit? So it's, um, yeah. It's sort of, I don't know, it's, it's good to like meet new people as well. He, he, he's sick, your striker. Alvin, yeah. Alvin, Alvin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's very good, man. He's very good. Do you know who who we are missing in our team? Uh, who you miss? You're missing Danny. We're missing you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing you, bro. You know what? Bro, the amount of conversations me and CJ have had. Yeah. Like, um, we're basically saying that, um, you know what? Like, if Uncle gives us the green light, he might let Brandon play for us. Yeah. And then, like, and then, <laughs> I was like, oh, he might. And this guy's like, nah, nah, I don't think he will. I was like, maybe, maybe if we convince him, we will. Uh, but, uh, yeah, nah, as in. We're all like an extended. That's why I like the final so much because like, whoever won, it was it stays within the family, innit? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my team was so unserious that day, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had it a lot of people missing better, and stuff as well, didn't you? If 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 none of them were drunk, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. It would have been more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to be, you know, losing my lungs, screaming at them to run back, <laughs> get the ball, <laughs> pass it. Because what is it? Because you started you started playing at the back. And then you pushed up in it. Yeah, because uh, with CPFC, we've never had a, a centre-back who can maintain composure throughout the tournament. And, you know, um, I feel like I can bring that element there. And because I have that attacking mindset, I also understand what type of attackers can play. So the, the game that made me realise I should play centre-back for CPFC was we played uh, East Ham just as a friendly game in Dagenham Rose, where we played. And then I was marking, you know, the East Ham striker, um, Mahesh. Mahesh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's um, the coach's son. He, he's he's an exceptional player. Like, I've always said it, if, if we got him in our team, mm-hmm. that would be, you know, the cherry on top. Because his movement and, you know, his understanding of the game, mm-hmm. you know, he's not the most physical and fastest player. But because of his understanding of the game, he can just suck you out at one point and then score a hat trick against you another. Mm-hmm. So I was I had to mark him, and usually East Ham they destroy us in friendlies. But this one time when I played defence, we beat them for the first time. Yeah, wow, yeah. Mahesh, yeah. Ma- mm-hmm. he still he still got a hat trick. <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah, imagine that. But he is such a smart player. You know, he would just get the ball and quickly. Yeah. Bang it, top corner. So, so like, lethal as well. Like it, just a little bit yeah, of time exactly. is all he needs to finish it. Exactly. In the semi-finals, he should have scored against uh, us. You know, they squared it to him. He had a one-on-one, and then he just missed the target completely, which is so unlike him. Mm. And I was like, my, my heart was in my mouth for a second there. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, look at you guys now, innit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we, we, we lost, so. No, we, <laughs> no, no, we, we we won the trophy together. It's fine. You know, yeah. you know, you know, Billet, you've beaten Aaron three times in a tournament, in the final. Have we? So, it, oh wait, actually, I, or my, because you, you end up in the first tournament, so with Hearts, yeah. Steve was there, and then the second tournament was the charity tournament, yeah. by MS, and now this was the third one. So, yeah. you know, he, he was a, he was a bit livid, you could see Aaron, <laughs> he was shouting and screaming, yeah. like, the second half. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always, like, a good battle, isn't it? Because, like, because because when whenever we play against CPFC or whenever we play against someone from you guys, like, the new guys in it, we know that you guys are going to give 100%, so they motivate us to play better as well. Uh, but that that uh, that first half was not You know, the thing is, yeah, yeah. Um, we came in to enjoy ourselves. We were just coming to play. 
And then we see you guys in a huddle praying, but that was, uh, you know they're praying. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. To be fair, bro, even on, on the, in the tournament, you were joining in for some of our team talks, yeah. somehow, prayers and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, but that, that, that's a tournament. We were, I thought we were playing that game as a friendly, you know. I think, like, we... For a long time, we underestimated the power of like prayer, especially before a football game, and it was it was only like, well, been doing it for a while now. But I think it, for me, it's just like it kind of brings in a little bit more confidence, like just you know asking yeah. God to intercede. You know, whatever happens, happens. You know, but what, what's so good about your team? You're all, you're a Christian, isn't it, on the team? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, only one person is a man who is man is not Christian. Yeah, there's only one. I still saw him. Doing the yeah, no, he knows the prayers. Right. His girlfriend's yeah. Catholic, and he went to like a Christian school, so he oh, knows all the prayers. So, yeah. yeah, so you guys also have that unity within each other, and you know, spiritually, you're all connected when you say that prayer, you know, and I think that helps you a lot on the pitch as well. You know, it's not all about you know your mental strength and your physical strength, and also spiritually, uh, it's such an important factor. Mm. So, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I think sort of like kind of following on from that. Um, I've always said this, CJ. I think if I had your attitude towards like spirituality and like your relation with God at, at your age, yeah. I'd be in a better position right Crazy. now. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, it's it's, it's really attitude. yeah. And yeah, I was gonna say it's really I, I admirable. Like even even like I've seen yeah. your Instagram stories and stuff, and it's just like it, it what's ma- so good about my attitude? Just looking at you, I feel like you you've got your head screwed on, and you sort of realised in life what that you've basically clocked from a young age that God is number one. Do you get what I mean? Uh, and I think everything else that you do, you've sort of translated your faith, or you kind of applied your faith and your relationship with God into everything you do. And I think it's sort of like, bro, even like from, you know, that argument that Panthers and everyone did, like whatever, yeah? You, I could see it, like, you, everyone was obviously like on beef or whatever, yeah? As in just like, just being silly and that. But at such a young age, you were just like focusing on, oh, you're not peace first, and you're like, oh, let me talk to you. James was yeah, so yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like at your age, you sort of like Panthers are such a joke. They should never be able to join. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they're doing a Panthers tournament, so we're gonna have to turn up. But but bro, I spoke to your dad, and your dad said he's not gonna he's not gonna end to CPFC for that tournament. So if you're free, so if yeah, if you're available, um, uh, that's two two call up or two different teams. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, who else what? called you up? Who's second team? So, so uh, there have been times where East Ham have called me up to play with them. Swear! CPFC 
because from a young age she was always connected to God and you know I would, when I was young I would wake up in the middle of the night go into her bedroom sleep with her and when I wake up it's about 6am and she's always got a little prayer book she's always praying and then seeing that was like quite inspiring for me and then I believe because of how close she was to God um, she had a what would you uh, would you say a revelation or would you say a vision because f- I think a week before she passed um, in her dreams she had a vision that she was going to go oh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, it was her husband in the dream he had already passed see, years ago when my mom was yeah. 16 it passed mm-hmm. she said oh you know he's calling it, you to come and then my grandma in the dream was like I can't leave the grandkids mm-hmm. you know because they're mm-hmm. so young, you know, I wanted to be with them. And because my grandma was still young, she was only 66. She'd be in the gym almost every day as well. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. At 66, imagine. That, that is, that's 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 I hope I, I can I can yeah. get to that stage in life. Yeah. That was kind of a spark. And, you know, after when she did pass, that was kind of like, okay, you know, God is real. At such a young age, I had to admit to myself, God is real. Because... Mm. When you're young, you don't really realize what you're doing until you actually think about it. Because I've been practicing my faith from such, such a young age. I wasn't focusing on why I was doing it. 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I think um, after that, I was like, okay, God is real. I acknowledged the presence of God from that moment. You know, that kind of confirmed it for me. And afterwards, I'd say I went through like a like a roller coaster kind of thing where I was like, sometimes I'm, I'm focusing, sometimes I'm like a bit nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. In church, when uh, the priest is doing the homily, I'd be looking on the floor when the readings are said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like not connected. I always felt like when it was time for church, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go. You know, I, I felt forced that time. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like when COVID happened, you know, that whole lockdown thing, that helped so much. Thank God for my friend. He kind of, you know, reignited that flame in me. So I've got a friend called Nigel. Um, he he was not close to God at all. You know, this guy. Um, he even acknowledged himself. You know, he's not he's not like that. And then when COVID came, he kind of, you know, started watching testimonies, started realizing it, and then. I started talking to him more about it and because he he wasn't the most talented footballer and then he got into Watford Academy then Shrewsbury Academy now he's going professional in Ireland wow. he was kind of talking to me about his experiences mm-hmm. so in football so I would go and train with him because I lived near him I was in Ilford he was embarking mm-hmm. so it was about 15 minutes on the bus I'd train with him uh, during the whole lockdown thing when school was cancelled and all of that we'd just be playing training in, in the park then we'd have about a two hour talk about you know our faith which mm-hmm. time just flies like that isn't mm-hmm. it but when you talk about stuff you're passionate so he was telling me about his experiences in football you know when he wasn't connected to God he'd be working so hard but he could he could see his performance wasn't at an optimal level you know to where he would expect it or want it to be mm. but then once he started you know focusing on his faith saying prayers every day you know uh, putting god first mm-hmm. he felt he wasn't as 
he wasn't working as hard, but things were kind of, you know, um, working out for him yeah. in ways where where it wasn't before. Mm. So then I was like, okay, it's worked for him. And then also you have, um, I'm sure you guys know about, you know, temptations that you faced uh, as a teenager. So, you know, we had a mutual temptation where we were facing and then he kind of overcome it. I was like, okay, you know, if he's done it, I've always wanted to, you know, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I can do the same. Mm. So I started um, praying more and I started being a bit more meaningful in prayers. I started being a bit meaningful in church, you know, listening to the to the um, first reading, second reading, the Gospels, you know, singing helped as well. And also picking up the Bible just helped so much. There's nothing more that, I wanted in those moments than to just read what God wanted me to do and what he had planned for me. And, you know, it's funny because when you read the Bible, it just relates so much to what you're going through and what you've been through. And, you know, that, that as well, that connection that I felt with with my real life and what was in this book, Mm -hmm. you know, it it kind of just, uh, I felt more to it. And I felt like I, I owed a lot more than what I was doing before. Because if you think about it, we don't we don't deserve what God has given to us. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's nothing we can do to um, to be worthy. Uh, deserve exactly. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, there is yeah. no way through living a a good life that you will go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You you can't live a perfect life. Although we want to live like Jesus, there's going to be every single moment where we are going to sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so I had to acknowledge that I was a sinner. You know, I had to change my ways. You know, re- repentance has helped a lot. You know, hundred percent. Going confession. Yeah, go going to. I mean, I I need to s- start going now. You know, I haven't I haven't been recently. Same, mm-hmm. same, same. Uh, it's been like a few weeks. I need to start going as well. Mm-hmm. A few weeks. It's been, it's been months for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult because of like COVID and stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's so, yeah. what's what's funny for me though, like the the confession thing. When I got back into being more in touch with my faith, I think up, Milan had a, a huge part to play. I think what's important is like you need that you need that good friend who who is you know willing to kind of guide you or kind of bring you closer to God. Because um, I think it's really difficult to do it by yourself unless you've been through something really painful. Um, in which you found God but having that friend I think for me Milan was that friend you said Nigel was that friend for you I think that was really important for me um, It was like, I was going through quite a lot like with Covid and like work and stuff and like having found God just having that routine of you know like reading the Bible going to church um, and for me the hardest part was actually confessing because I hadn't been to confession for so long and I was just truly ashamed to be saying certain things in front of a priest when I didn't really want to I'm gonna say it, but um, exactly. I realized that 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 is that one thing that's stopping me from getting even closer to God. But it it took me a long time to actually go to confession because I just didn't want to go. I just just get put, putting it all putting it off. I'm going to church like isn't that enough? I'm praying isn't that enough? Um, you know, reading the Bible isn't that enough? But I kept thinking like you know it's not it's not really enough because I'm not really happy because I feel like God is still judging me because there's still a lot of things I wanted to get off my chest. And like I said, I think going to that confession it was it was such a huge relief it was like a huge weight just lifted off my shoulders like a huge mm. weight in my heart just gone like after so long it's it was it felt fun. good to do that but um you feel closer to god after that and it's really yeah. you know it's really refreshing to hear from your point of view because you're still so young and it's crazy that you know you've been on this journey um with your faith and how committed you are to maintaining that um like i've said before you know if i was in that position at 18 i don't know where i'd be right now you know it's crazy yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think I think what well, I think one thing that you said at the beginning which resonated with me is that you said thank God for COVID because mm. you said uh, you said well I know what you meant is thank God for lockdown because <laughs> yeah. it basically led to you getting close with your faith. Um, so I think that's like it's so interesting because obviously when we talk about COVID and lockdown, everyone has such a negative thing to say. I think in one of our previous podcasts, I think I said that. For me, in general, I've had like a positive experience mm. because I've always been occupied and I really, I didn't really have, I didn't really experience the negative impacts of like lockdown and stuff. So I think yeah. it's very interesting to see how lockdown can have like a silver lining, and obviously in this situation, it's the best silver lining of all, like which yeah. is getting close to God, mm. um, in in your situation. Um, and you said that um, with Nigel when he started praying more, started obviously giving his life to God more, and uh, he sort of started experiencing benefits of like, oh, for example, going pro. Um, like in Ireland, things like that. Have you noticed things in your life where you can definitely see God acting and sort of rewarding you for um, to remain faithful and giving your love to God? Hundred percent, man. Like, there's everyday problems that I would I'd be facing in the past, you know, with with my family and friends and life mm. in general. You know, mental health as well. You know, something you don't really speak about, you kind of keep it to yourself. But then once you start devoting yourself to God, you kind of feel free, mm. you know. Yeah. You kind of feel like you're a bird in the sky and you're just flying over all these problems and you, you forget about it. Mm. And you kind of like give the burden to, to God, which in this it. case is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So yeah, things like that. I, it's like kind of, you can't explain it all, but, but you know it's happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's really important because I feel like a lot of times... Um, people sort of go through this world just thinking that we have to fight our own battles, we have to solve our own problems, take all the problems on our shoulders, uh, and that that obviously leads to like mental taxation, and and obviously leads to like uh, like mental health problems. But I think if you just sort of realise that God's always there, He's always been there. He's just reaching out His hand, asking you to just talk exactly. to Him and just release all your problems. Yeah, exactly. Literally, and like one thing that what one quote that I saw is um. Because obviously, I, I just assumed that, oh, you know, I decided to pray today. That's good on my part. I actively decided to pray. But you've got to realize that prayer, obviously, the act, the process of prayer is active. But at the end of the day, a prayer that you do is always a response to God's call. Mm. So it's not you taking the first step. God's already taken the first step. He's always calling. So if you take you praying is actually taking the second step. He's just like asking you to like release your fears, your worries, your problems mm. to him. And he said, just give me your faith, just give me your love, love me the way, or love me a fraction of the amount that I love you and the rest of humanity, and um, I will kind of ease your burden and help you and like, kind of to carry you along the way. There's that really like amazing sort of um, parable, not parable, like this kind of like story where like this guy, he was like not really faithful, whatever, he would, so he would like be talking to God and then he'll be walking on the beach and then God will be like, just look at the beach look at the sand there's two sets of footsteps there's four for like four feet in total you can see there's two sets of there's two sets of footsteps and that one is me and one is you and then after a while when you walk past on the sand he only saw one set of footsteps mm. and he was like oh god why didn't you you've left me you left me and he lost faith and then god was like just look down you see one set of footsteps and it was at this point that i carried you it's not that i left you it's me carrying you so it's my footsteps not your footsteps so i think we have to just be humble enough to realize that we can't fix all our problems. No. Um, yeah. God's there for a reason. Uh, he will help us because he loves us. And we just have to, you know, release everything to him. I think, and I think yeah, the fact that you've clocked it at such a young age is, is amazing, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, literally just <laughs> keep, keep going. Sure, I, should, 
I should, I should have clocked it a lot earlier though. I think we can always say that in mm. retrospect. Like, yeah. but at the end of the day, you clocked it earlier than all of us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I clocked it at like 21 after I went to a retreat. It's never too late, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Late. Literally, it's never too late. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I think it's very interesting how you said so. Um, the sort of rewards or that the love sort of manifests in your life, and you sort of mm-hmm. felt like a bird flying, like flying over all these problems and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is definitely going to be very like encouraging to a lot of people. Um, just knowing that once you sort of take the first step, yeah. you because I think I think different. like there's a lot of people out there who are just scared, um, and I think yeah. sometimes what the issue is is like there's so much hardship that you see around you, you feel like it's difficult to see where the hope is at, you know. But it's only when you yeah. really invest in like God or just invest in yourself and you building on your faith that you start to see a difference. And like your the story of Nigel, like you said, is is amazing. How you know, like you didn't say he was the most talented footballer, but look at him now. Like you know, he's got like a pro contract and stuff. And I think like you can, we can all use it. Like, you can use it. I can use it as an example to, you know, better better ourselves and better our relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, you know, like you're not going to see results in overnight. It, it, it's it's a slow process. I'm not going to be a saint overnight. You know, you have to you have to want to make changes that are sometimes difficult to to. To make and yeah. and the results they, they will come but it would just take time being, being a christian isn't easy everyone thinks you know you're being a christian you're being saved no it's not like that you know i was reading something let me just pull it up now you know because you know with christianity it's such a complex religion but it can be made simple but the reason yeah. i say it's complex is because you know if you have the knowledge if you look at it one way, you have the knowledge that because Jesus Christ, you know, took all our sin when he died on the cross and, you know, he resurrected from the dead, does that mean I can sin freely and then I will be forgiven? So I read one passage from St. Alphonsus. He said, the trap that the devil sets to seduce almost all Catholics who condemn themselves is this, sin freely because despite all of your sins, you will be saved. The Lord, however, curses those whose sins hoping to be forgiven mm. so i was like okay this this resonates with me because at times i was finding myself you know if i do this sin or if i do that i'll be forgiven and then after yeah. i took a step back and i read that i was like okay yeah this is making a lot more sense yeah you know, that's why you know being a christian is so hard because there is a margin of where god will forgive you you know you can't you can't be thinking oh, God is all forgiven, you know, if if he does this, if he's all forgiven, I can do whatever the hell I want. And then no matter what I do, I'll be accepted into, you know, yeah. God's kingdom. But no, it's not like that. And having that understanding is why, you know, I act how I act on a daily basis and how I am to, you know, how I am yeah. as a person. I listen to a lot of Catholic podcasts, innit? Um, and just to sort of like add to that, kind of gives you a good start to the day. Um, yeah. It was sort of linking to your point with regards to obviously Jesus died for us and he saved us from our sins, right? Um, and then like the obvious misconception is that oh Jesus already saved us from our sins, so therefore whatever sin we do, we're already going to go to heaven anyway. But the the analogy that this priest gave was that imagine you're drink driving, and um, and then you end up crashing the car. So there's two things that have gone wrong. So you've broken the law by drink driving, but then you also crashed the car. So there's two bits of damage. The damage is the car and also the damage is obviously the the law that you've broken so jesus has liberated you from the damaged car 
So he's liberated from our like mortal sin and things like that. Like as in the, the from when he died on the cross, he liberated us from that original sin. That's from like that's so that's equivalent to the card that we damaged, whatever. Yeah, you can that's written off, but Jesus is uh, fixed that. But you still need to repair the the problem or the, the you need to fix the problem that is the law that you've broken which is the drink driving so you can't just walk around keep drink driving and keep breaking every single like smashing every car because that's that that's not going to lead to heaven you can only go to heaven if you keep could go to confession and kind of fixing the sin that you're <coughs> eating because obviously we are sinners at the end of the day so you can't just have that mentality that god's already like fixed my car i can keep doing this you have to like fix that drink driving problem or the laws that you're continuously breaking so I thought that's like a nice little practical way to sort of like um, think about this whole thing and sort of not be complacent in a way. Um, but yeah, no, it's very, very interesting, man. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a life lifetime project, isn't it? Like you're you're yeah. never perfect, but you, all you can do is just keep keep going through it and just love the process, like fall in love with the journey. What's next from you? What What's your like... Because obviously you you told us that you were very big on like goal setting and stuff. I know obviously you didn't. You, I think I messaged you, but you're like, oh, it's personal stuff that you want to focus on. But like just like for not going specific, just like from a general point of view, what's like what what's your next goal? What are you trying to work towards? Like in terms of like aspect, like for example, it can be a personal life. It can be I don't know like football. It can be I don't know work or whatever. What what are like the next things that you're working towards in the next year? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say one thing. I yeah. feel like when when you you let the thing is with I I would assume it happens to a lot of people when you talk about your goals and aspirations, it feels like inside you immediately lose motivation for it. Mm. Okay. That's Whereas when you when you kind of stick to having that secrecy, you know that work work grinding mm. in silence kind of thing. You know, you, yeah. you got more motivation to get out of bed, do this and that, and then show off the results, isn't it? I don't want, I don't want to be that person that says, oh, I have this goal and that goal, and then I've got sure. no results mm-hmm. to show, yeah. isn't it? So I kind of want to be that person where I keep quiet and then just hit it, mm-hmm. show them the results when they're not expecting it. But yeah, there's a lot of things I, w- I would want to say, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'd we'll rather, see. We'll see. Next yeah, we'll see the results. Yeah. yeah, we'll see yeah. the results, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, but yeah. I got I got a lot of a lot in mind, isn't it? Mm. Mm. So essentially, yeah, with, what's that? Yeah, go on, okay. With my so with my gap year, I'll I'll, I'll give one goal. Um, mm. So in year twelve and thirteen, I was studying four A levels. I was doing maths, biology, chemistry, and economics. Wow. And then I ended up dropping maths at the end of year twelve because I wasn't really feeling it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to force myself to do it. Yeah. Um. So. It ended up biting me in the back, you know, because the course I wanted to do at uni requires a grade A in maths. Okay, so I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna take this year out and I'm gonna I'm gonna do A level maths privately on my own. Okay. I'm gonna pay oh, for the exams, yeah. but I'm gonna revise mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's one goal I have is to get an A or A star in you know, <laughs> you know maths this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Always um, having that motivation to study can be difficult at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I'm working through it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's sick, man. Yeah. I didn't even know you're doing that behind the scenes. That's not on top of that. You're like obviously you're keeping on on top of like football and things like that. Um, yeah. hey, that's that's sick. And obviously like it's very difficult to remain motivated, man. Yeah, 
But even for, yeah. even for me, like, cause, yeah, it's just because for me, this final year, for me, it's a pass fail. So that it's just like oh, such a lack of motivation because I just, I know that if I just coast, it will be all right eventually. You know? And I think a lot of people, I can see a lot, the same thing with a lot of people in my year. Everyone just sort of like kind of taking this year a bit chill. Mm. Um, so it, it can, it's very, very difficult to obviously like, especially when you don't have like a, like you don't have like a set timetable or like going into school and things like that. Do you go? Know I mean, you might have yeah. like other, other sort of commitments with work and everything. Um, so I think that's sick, man. Just keep like keep grinding, bro. I know that yeah. you're you're yeah. gonna smash it. I'm, I'm really looking yeah, forward man. to seeing the results. There's no doubt, man. Yeah, you'll, you'll get them. <laughs> don't, 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 don't pressure. I was gonna say, just to like round up um, our really fruitful, wonderful conversation. What would you What would you say to someone you know who's who's in a similar position to you, maybe even younger, who who's kind of who may be feeling a little bit lost at this time? How, what would you say you've learned from your journey in not only just finding yourself, but also setting yourself these goals, remaining motivated, um, and having that passion to carry on and get better all throughout. So do what you love. You know, when yeah. when you do what you love, mm-hmm. you take every day. You, you're starting to be grateful because you're enjoying it more. Mm. You know, you're happy. You know, um, at the at the beginning of lockdown and before that, I wasn't doing what I was I loved, and because of that, I wasn't loving myself. Whereas now, I find myself I'm loving myself more. Mm. You know, with the help of God, of course. You know, finding my purpose in life, doing what I love instead of having that constant pressure of doing what everyone else wants me to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that can, you know, w- with doing that, that can bring a lot on your shoulders. You know, you, you, you got the pressure of everyone that's, that they're giving you. You got, you got your mental health. You know, you always have to prioritize your health at the end of the day because you're living your life. No one else is going to live your life. Your parents aren't going to live your life. Your siblings aren't going to live your life. Your girlfriend isn't going to live your life. Mm-hmm. So you always have to firstly prioritize yourself at all times. I know it sounds selfish, but sometimes you got to be selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, in this day and age, you you got to only care about yourself because no one's going to be watching your back. At the end of the day, it's your life, as I have to say again. So, yeah, doing what you love. Because when you do what you love, doors will open up for you. Mm-hmm. Because you find yourself, you know... Uh, when you do things that you love, because I love football, I found myself, um, you know, becoming better by the day. Or because I love economics as a subject, I found myself getting better grades in that subject rather than mm. the subjects I was forcing myself to do. So yeah, that is one one point I would I would say that people need to, you know, manifest. Do what you love. Mm-hmm. Wow, amazing. Uh, I love the one-liners. Yeah, I love the one like this. Honestly, it's you're like you're like a man, way beyond his years. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I can't take that too yeah. often. I'm not I'm not trying to gas you up too much or get you yeah. big headed or anything. But genuinely, like it's been such an insightful, genuine conversation. And like you said, like when you're talking about things that are deep, like you don't understand, you don't realize how quickly time goes by. And it's just been one of those conversations. Like we could. How, how long we've been going? Though? Like almost an hour Today. and a half now. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's been it's been a very very fruitful conversation, man. So the hype is that the two old characters who cast who was casted for Spider Man, they're returning in the movie. So Mick and Andrew Garfield. Okay. So, so who are they, who are they who are they as characters in the movie? They'll be Spider Man as well. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah, because what happened was about two years ago, Jamie Foxx on Instagram posted uh, an animated picture of him being Electro and then three Spider-Men. Oh, okay. And then immediately he got told off by the production for leaking that. But he oh, didn't know. He okay. thought he'd be allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, recently, he just posted the trailer and then he's hashtagged it, chasing spiders, plural. I mean, yeah. he's just oh, confirmed than... that they're returning in the movie. Well, he's because not very good at this, is he? Is trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Seeing them on a big screen, because growing up, watching Spider-Man, you know, that impacted my childhood a lot. I was a big Spider-Man fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah like, no, like, watching... I grew up watching Spider-Man, to be fair. The Exactly. You know, and now they're on Netflix, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I've just yeah. been binge-watching that every day. Like, oh, I'm getting so hyped for this movie. Yeah. Uh, I even recorded my reaction and posted it on Snap to the trailer. Oh, yeah. When's, when's yeah. the movie coming out? The movie is coming out on the 15th of December, so the UK is getting it two days before the USA. Oh, sick. Wow. So that's going to be sick. So imagine diehard American fans are flying to the UK just to watch wow. the movie two days earlier. Wow, that's, that's mental, amazing. isn't it? Yeah. And tickets are going to get released in about 11 days. Trailer looks sick, like, though. I did watch a trailer. It looks really good. The trailer was so yeah. sick, man. Yeah, you need to watch that, man. But you I'm, need to get on it. Because so it not... brought back all the old villains, like the Green Goblins in the trailer, yeah. Doc Ock. Oh, right. Yeah, when yeah, I saw Doc Ock, yeah. I was like, what? Like, th- this guy, this was from, like, the old Spider-Man, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all the OG villains, the same actors, they're coming yeah. back to play disgusting. those same villains. So that is one thing that is so sick. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What else is there? Oh, I'm gassed actually. Okay, now you, you ignited my smart. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. I'm gassed. So Premier League. So I, I, I think, I think like Chelsea are gonna win the league. Do you think so? You think yeah, who? Chelsea are gonna win the league. Oh, I think that as well. Reckon? Yeah, I don't know. Chelsea are looking solid. Mm. I'm just hoping we yeah, don't get. Like, yeah. Lukaku and stuff. The thing is, on paper, United have the best team. Yeah, no, they do. Like not not just in the Premier League, you could even say in the world we have like one of the best teams on paper. But then we have Solskjaer, and he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. He keeps playing McTominay. Thank Pride. you. So you're Ollie out, yeah? Yeah. Brilliant. That's, see, I've been telling this to Milan, Mobin, and Tom. They're, they're still convinced he's he's the one. No, no, we're not. We what? Said Oli. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Bro, when I'm, no, no, now you're only out all of a sudden. When I spoke, <laughs> when I spoke to you before, when I spoke to you before, you're like, nah, I believe in him, blah, blah, blah. You you missed your chance to get Conte, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, we, we lost the Asakiko, you're right. We lost yeah. that, we lost that. But I, I don't know. I, no, we, the last debate we had, yeah, was, was Brendan Rodgers good or not, bro? And we said, no, Brendan Rodgers is not. We, I would rather wait for. I would rather take in Conte, mm. or I, I don't even know if he's the last But I would probably. Rogers is notorious for bottling top four with Leicester. I wouldn't. Uh, he's shown that he's yeah, not. Yeah. I don't think he'd be a right fit mm. for United. Yeah, definitely. I think Zidane would be good though. You know, the, the Ajax manager. Yeah, he's, Ten Hag. Yeah, he's, he's good. Ten Hag. I like. He's about projects yeah. as well. He's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and Van der Beek will play, isn't it, under him? That's yeah. a, bro, I feel so sorry for him, bro. I think he's, I think he's quality. But yeah, I, I just don't understand why he doesn't get the game And he doesn't get the playtime he deserves. No, he doesn't. It's not fair. But, um, yeah, I, don't know, I, I, I think I think Liverpool. I think Liverpool are good this season. Oh, I think I they come to your asses. Yeah, season. well, I, I do I do think that Mo Salah is the best player in the world right now. But I think oh, Liverpool like they're quite they're quite um, shallow in terms of like. 
their bench. I think if a couple of injuries and they're kind of out of contention. Yeah, but I feel like we're only saying that because of last season. Because before it's been it's been the case they've had always had a dead bench, but they won the league and they won the Champions League the year before. No, but with Chelsea looking so strong, I don't think. Ah, okay. Oh, right, right. Chelsea just—they make—they make—they remind me of Barcelona when they used to play. They're actually playing like good football. Yeah. Good football. Whereas yeah. when you watch United, they give it to Juan Bissaka. So he does some crazy skill that doesn't yeah. even look right. He doesn't even look like a footballer. Bro, the ball. Bro, Wan cannot do kickups. I'm telling you that. He's <laughs> like, we, we need to sign Billen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right back, right back. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do it. He goes up, it cuts in, or like he plays it into the middle. Yeah. Doesn't like. There's no like. Oh, just uh, to be fair, there's no quality in his cross. Like if you compare it to like Reese James or like um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, right. like there's uh, the quality in the crossing. Even Luke Shaw, bro, on the other side, he. he like, there's so much quality when he crossed the ball in, but I don't think Wan-Bissaka kind of has that same... Yeah, he doesn't have impact. that yet. That's why he's, he's never going to get selected for the England team, isn't it? Because mm. he hasn't got yeah. that attacking yeah. attributes that both Trent and um, Walker has. Rhys yeah. James. Yeah. Can't yeah. out Rhys James. Oh, Rhys James. He's on fire. Yeah, he's still a madness at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I can't stop talking about Chelsea. We've got um, Conor, Conor Gallagher coming back in. He's doing sick at um, Crystal he's Palace. Sick. He's, he's sick. Yeah, he's doing too well right now. But, um, but Chelsea's academy has been sick. Yeah. yeah. If you think about the players that have come and gone, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, even, yeah. But not even academy. Like, yeah. Yeah, nice, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm, crazy. Yeah, wait, Devan, how come you don't support West Ham? I don't support West Ham because I was... Okay, so... I know you guys have talked about this in a previous podcast, why mm-hmm. you guys are United fans and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm a United fan because my dad's a United fan. Okay. And, you know, I was... I, and my dad always told us, you know, you guys need to support West Ham. It's a local team. Mm-hmm. But we could hear the stadium from where we lived originally. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, okay, maybe... But West Ham went... There was something about United that just made me fall in love with the club, isn't it? And, you know, you had that Fergie time, you know, they let, never lose hope. Yeah. The things like that, when you watch it and they score in the last minute, Ronaldo has, has done it a couple of times in mm-hmm. the past against yeah. like Villarreal. He scored in the last minute. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is Fergie time all over again. Yeah, but that's the United I love. Mm-hmm. Whereas United went through a phase, like a crap phrase. I mean, phase. When it was yeah. like David Moyes and Louis Van Gaal, yeah, kind of like on and off, on and off. Even Mourinho, I think. Like, he, he... But Mourinho, he, he got us to second place, and then he won us a trophy as well. Okay. He won us the FA Cup. Whereas, you know, Solskjaer, he should be winning almost everything with this team. You know, we he got, we got yeah. one of the best players in the world, and then we got you know Sancho, Rashford, Paul Pogba, yeah. Bruno yeah, Fernandez, Harry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, he's he's he, but he's been he's been doing sick he's, for England. Like he, he is like uh, how how would I say him and Harry Kane? They both both play so well for for country. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for Maguire, number one, he, uh, he yeah, he's just so slow. But I think the reason why he does well for England because predominantly England play five at the back, so he's got those two other centre backs. Yeah, to help he's got the, yeah. the pace on those wing backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly, a lot, exactly. A lot of yeah. times. Trust me, but 
for United, we just, oh, I don't know, man. I don't even, bro, what do you think the future holds for us now? Where do you think we'll finish the season? If Solskjaer still manages the shop. West Ham is gonna finish on top of us, Chelsea's gonna yeah. finish on top of us, and then City and Liverpool will finish on top of us. Even Arsenal have a chance. Arsenal Even Arsenal, Arsenal have a chance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Imagine Arsenal. But they're coming Arsenal. good now. I think Arteta is like Arteta is finally starting to yeah. 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 Literally. <laughs> Honestly, bro. <laughs> but I think Arteta's done a madness though at Arsenal. I think like a lot of the young players are coming through. Yeah. 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 yeah, good. Good core in it, good young mm-hmm. players. Yeah. Like you look at Smith Rowe, Saka. Like... But the thing is, I feel like Arsenal fans overrate their young players. Oh, they do, yeah. yeah. Arsenal fans I are a joke. I don't see what's so, what's so great about Saka compared to like. If, imagine yeah. Arsenal had Phil Foden. They treat him like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 But... yeah, Phil Foden. Yeah, what do you think about Foden as a player? Because we haven't seen him in a, in a bad team where he's brought the team up. We've only seen him in mm. Man City as. And then England, he plays well, but England, he's also surrounded by, you know, quality players. Yeah. yeah. I think he's quality. Yeah, though. true. Yeah. I think. I, I think. Yeah. Go on, Tish. No, no, go on. I, I was gonna say like, I think for me, he passed the eye test in it. Just mm. from just like how silky his touches, just like. Oh, his touches. And just like his movement, and just when he when he's on that left side and he shoots, it's always going for a bins. Yeah. Like against. Liverpool when he yeah. scores. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think yeah, for me he passes the eye test, so I know he's yeah. been the sixth team in that and he's got good players like around him. But I just I don't know, I just it's just something about the way he plays, it's just yeah. so like it's just but, so like but I think the fact the fact that he's got those players around him, it only makes him better though. So obviously yeah, That's I, true. And I, I think in fact when he first came on, it was just like, Oh, you know, this guy he's he seems good, but now he's He's, I don't know, like he, he can single-handedly change a game for Man City. Like if De Bruyne doesn't turn up, like Gundogan doesn't turn up, like Foden will turn up, and I think yeah. that that's that. Obviously, he's still quite, he's still quite young. Man City can still be quality with or without him. Hmm. But, but do you think Phil Foden can carry Man City as a whole on his own? Like you know, that's the difference I think between good players and then excellent players. You see, like, um, uh, let me give an example. Maradona, how he carried Argentina to their first World Cup. He does yeah. basically all on his own. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring it into today's day and age, a player like Haaland, how he's rated yeah. with a yeah. team like Norway, he should at least be qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah. He didn't even qualify with the team. No. So I don't think Haaland's an excellent player because he can't change the game. Whereas mm-hmm. Messi, when you watch him, like that goal against PSG he scored, I think he single-handedly created that goal. You know, when mm. he dribbled it into the midfield, that gave one, it to two, Mbappe yeah. with that one-two. Mm. Yeah. That's the difference I find with good players and then players like Messi, you know, Maradona, etc. Yeah. That's a very good point, actually. But then, but then the thing is, though, like when you think about how old Maradona is and how old Messi is, obviously Messi was class from, from a young age, but Maradona was quite... It was, a, it was a lot older when he was kind of carrying the Argentina team. And obviously Haaland <laughs> is still quite young. Same, same as Phil Foden. I think Haaland, I would say that he... He is an excellent player because but he looks unstoppable. As in, like, I think... Yeah, but he, he will always need that service. He's always yeah. going to be dependent on mm-hmm. that service. Yeah. Whereas yeah. he can't go get the ball yeah. and then... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. True. Mm. That's right. Lewandowski, with Poland, he didn't even qualify no. in the World Cup. Yeah, so yeah. With 
Bayern, he always has that service. Gabri, yeah. Saane, yeah. Kimmich, mm-hmm. Muller. They're all supplying him. That's why he's got so many goals. Whereas he can't True. go to a team like Poland and mm. carry them. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's That's anyone true, anyone who carries a team or compared to like Messi or I don't think there's anyone out there. At That's the why I think Messi will always be the greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank why, you. Why, wait, why are you shaking your head like that, Paul? Because you, you think when I was the best. Player <laughs> player. <laughs> Me? Who, where did <laughs> I say that? <laughs> Bro, listen. It's all there for everyone to see. It's on the podcast. Okay. Sergio's probably like Ronaldo. He's the goat. Yeah, yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo is he's he's something else though. Like he's he's he's, you know what? I don't think there'll ever be a player like Ronaldo. You know what he's proved. Mm -hmm. But to come back, yeah. If you work hard, anything is possible. Exactly. Messi's like God-given talent. You see Messi from a young age. He was playing like how he is to this day. He was going past people with with such ease, Mm -hmm. such class. Yeah, yeah, it just makes the game look so easy. Whereas Ronaldo, he's worked hard. Look at his body at 36. He's exactly. Still performing at top level in the Premier League as well. Like that's, that's in the Premier League. He's got. He's gone and dominated all the leagues. Yeah. He's gone to. He started in what Lisbon. He had a good performance against us. Signed him in England, mm-hmm. then Spain, Italy. Now back to England. Yeah. So imagine playing at the top level. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And to be as consistent as he is. I, that's why I, I was I was like you know like yeah it's how you define greatness that that's how yeah. that that's where it yeah. that's what it comes down to and like realistically when you think about Ronaldo like like I said Messi's God given talent but Ronaldo he's worked hard for everything and the the, yeah. the 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 fruits of his hard work is that it's clear to see in the goals the performances like even United are doing bad but Ronaldo's doing sick. Oh, it man. just it just the goes. The thing to is, show. when you get to that level, nothing can stop you from doing what you do so like um, yeah. because he's worked so hard for it if you give him any if you give him or put him in any position he's always going to play with such quality yeah. because he's worked hard for it you mm. know he's not dependent on if he has a good day or bad day he's always like kind of consistent with it yeah. yeah which makes him such a reliable player i mean that volley he scored i forgot again oh, that, was again uh, i was like how did that go in that was against um that was a consolation wasn't it or was that was liverpool has- that was Liverpool. No, it was no, no, Liverpool. No, with it the ball that, that came through, came over the top from Bruno, and then he just he was blinded, but he still hit it down. You're talking about Tottenham. Oh, was it, oh Tottenham. That's it. Tottenham. Yeah. No, no, but there was another game. Mason Greenwood. He kind of tapped it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shot from Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. At- Atlanta. That's it. Uh, Crazy. That goal. I was like, how did that go in? Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. so sick, man. Man scoring FIFA yeah. goals, you know. It's, yeah. Man. Either way, you're not in a whack one. <laughs> Wait, uh, you, you, got, you got Ronaldo top recently. Huh? Got Ronaldo top recently. Yeah, I haven't worn it since. See, the, the thing is, yeah, when I get Chelsea top, I never know what player to get on the back. It's... it's it, like, there's your own name, isn't it? Yeah, well... Yeah. But... Just get... What? Is it, it's Cedro Jose, isn't it? It's not Jose. No, it's Jose, yeah. But, it's but it, it doesn't matter, you know? It, 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 name. Thanks. <laughs> I got thanks. a friend whose surname is Joyce as well. <laughs> and he's my little. Do you know what I'm Do you want to tell him the origin of your first name? Do, uh, do you not know the origin of my first name? My, my parents are really imaginative. So they put their names together, innit? So, so my, 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 my... <laughs> well, So it's just a. 
Yeah, so combination ma- of yeah, mum's name Sicily, oh, dad's I, name Joseph. Is your name Sidra? Yeah. You can call me what you want. It doesn't honestly. Well, I, what do you prefer? You call him Porter if you want. No, no, no. Okay. Could be Siege. Siege. Oh, yeah, I'll just stick to that. Yeah, everyone just calls. Yeah, everyone calls. Yeah, everyone calls. Yeah. Yeah. What you call him, Jimbo? Because Siege goes to gym quite a lot. He's really strong. <laughs> Who? No, no, no. no. Bro, we go, we go gym together. This guy snakes me all the time. I like. Yeah, I can't lie, Siege. When I first met you, yeah, I was surprised at how strong you and Tom is. Oh. It's hard to get you guys off the ball because you're so like you got that low center of gravity it's as well. Wiry. And then well, you're 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 not whammy as well. Oh, it's kind of like me trying to barge Regan. You have like the same. Position. Regan, yeah, Regan's really strong Regan. too. He's really strong, man. Yeah. Like proper strong. Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys don't look strong, but then when I'm trying to like, oh, wow, get you, wow, well, that, no, 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 that hurt like, more. That hurt more than it should. Yeah. Like Tom, he looked. He, he actually looked strong. He, he gives me a good battle when I go up against him. He's always sick playing against him. Yeah, it looks like a unit. Yeah, he plays with him all that. Oh, he, he's he, your team is class. Can't lie. Good team. I can't name style. one bad player on your team. <laughs> Oh, I just have to say I didn't mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, but you, you're smiling too much. I didn't want to bring it down. Yeah, no. Yeah, I was trying to, I was sensing you guys' reaction. I did a job with the scouting, you know, the good scout report that came through. Mm. Bro, even like, you know our striker, Alvin, I met him at a retreat. Like, at least. He was so, oh, what? He's yeah. Sick, the thing is, yeah, I followed him on Instagram. Um. I think he requested me or I requested him. Oh, he goes, he goes Queen Mary, and then Queen Mary posted him. Yeah, like two yeah. two games, he got like seven goals. Like, he's yeah. like yo, we need. I played the defense because we need to keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he said he's still top scorer. You know what we call him. The thing is, in this picture, he looks like Rashford. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. When he's dribbling with the ball, but then he's built like Haaland. Yeah. 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 This guy's like Rashford and Haaland. He's got a sick left foot. Mm. He's got a banger. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's mad because I saw him like pinging balls with his left foot. I was like, "What foot are you?" He was like, oh, "I'm right footed." Crazy. Like, what? But he runs like he runs uh, like a left footed person though. Like, the way he dribbles, he dribbles yeah. with his left foot. Right? And you know what's yeah. mad? He only started playing football for the first time when he was 11, 12. Crazy. So it's quite late getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? I was gonna say, yeah. On that note, I think that's a good good way to round off. Yeah. I mean, we we've got we've still got the trans we've yeah. handed in the transfer request now to Brandon. So yeah. we'll see we'll see how um we'll see what the we'll, we'll wait for you to read through the contract and let us know what you're what you're saying about the move to Enfield. What permanent or on loan? Uh, on loan, on loan. On loan, on loan. We'll be happy with on loan. Yeah. What's this? When's the Panthers tournament? So it was usually, uh, basically, I think it's like December slash January, but I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. But we'll close the time, we'll ask you, innit? Yeah. Do you, do you, you guys play, play regularly at Enfield, though, isn't it? Enfield Park? No, we, to be fair, we haven't, like, played... We, well, we had, like, one what, is it, like one training session, I swear. One or two. two, two we had, like, two, like, training sessions at Power League as a, as a team. But it's just from, like, knowledge from playing... I play with Apple regularly. Play like, me, Tom, and Mobin play, and then it was yeah. just it was literally just Dribble who hasn't really played with us. With us, 
But he, 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 I didn't expect him to turn up like how he did. Yeah, yeah he was quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I had, is this the same guy? Because yeah. <laughs> I think I think there was one tournament I must have flicked it over his head and he will never. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but yeah, he, he's, he's sick as well. Mm. He was on it. Bro, if you're ever like free, as in obviously not like on a consistent thing because obviously you're busy. But yeah. if you're ever free on Wednesdays, we do training with old nations in it. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just like basically, it's just like all it is is like for the first fifteen minutes we run, and and the rest it, it's just a an even a side game usually, or depending on in terms of like just do like a big game. So if you ever free, the side, how many guys do you get? So we what? get we usually get around twenty two, but it, the game depends on like who comes. So if it's like eighteen, oh, what, what team is this? Do you know Old Nations, the team that we play for, like the Saturday team? Oh, like, this, the same, what, the church one? Yeah, no, it's our school one. So our school was oh, okay, Saint Ignatius, okay. and it's like all the old boys who used to go to school, um, like they come together oh, and play. Sick. Yeah. Wow, club, man. I'll definitely, definitely come through for training. Okay. Yeah, 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 if ever you're free in it, come through. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, man. I'm trying to work on my fitness. My fitness is terrible. But I see, I, I see you've been going gym, though. I see you... Um, are you, are you staying consistent with it or? Oh, what was that? The runs or going gym? Uh, going gym. Both. Yeah, but both. Oh yeah, you're running as well. So basically, gym here, where, where I am right now, where I'm living, there isn't many gyms nearby. Okay. But luckily, I got like a bench press in my garage and a couple of dumbbells where I'll occasionally use, but I'm not consistent with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, now I'm starting to kind of get into that mm. routine mm. of. You know, being consistent with it. Uh, also, running, running. I just find it a bit therapeutic at times. Yeah. Because it, 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 uh, you kind of forget about everything, and then you're just, you know, you're feeling the wind. You know, and then when you're running for, you know, that long, you don't, you don't actually realize the benefits of, you know, of all of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be running probably five kilometers, mm. and then. I won't realize it, but then when I check my phone, because I have this, this app on my phone, I can track how fast I'm running per kilometer. Mm. I'm trying to get it um, shorter, quicker times each time. Yeah. Which will help me, isn't it? What pace are you on at the moment? So I'm on three minutes and 48 per kilometer. Oof. Oh, man. Okay. Something like that. Wow. Oh. Uh. Impressive. You know what, yeah, I got one question. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I wrote it in my, in my notes. I had to double check. Yeah. So so let me go through what we've been through. We've had a catch-up of the week, had yeah. a life update, talked about football, talked about God, talked about the Spider-Man movie, and then <laughs> my last one was life. Okay, I have two things, life after uni and life um, going to uni outside of London and going into London, because I know... Melon, you go to Imperial. That's in London. Yeah, yeah. And then Siege, you went outside of London. I went Essex, yeah. Essex. Yeah. So I kind of wanted advice from both of you or your kind of experience, mm-hmm. you know, going to uni because I have a conflict with myself. Should I go to London or should I move up kind of thing? So I just kind of wanted a bit of your insight of what it was to like to go to uni in London and outside of London. To be honest, bro, I think wherever you go you'll have fun mm. that's that's a short answer of it um with for me so in london there's pros and cons so 
the pros are that I'm, I was literally like only, I was in, it was like 45 minutes from home. So every weekend, if ever I needed food, um, just got jumped on the tube, came home, and it took me 45 minutes. So for me, I actually, I lived out um, for the first three years of uni. And for the last three years, I lived at home. Right, so you're on your sixth year. Yeah, 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 literally, yeah. I so, thought you were in your fifth year. That is mad. Six yeah. years. That's like two courses. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, it went fast because of COVID, didn't it? You didn't really notice it flying by. Like, 50 went so fast. Um, but, so the pros are literally you're close to home. If you have any of you can come home. Um, the cons are, is very, like, London's extremely expensive. Like, for me, my rent every month, not every week, was like 230 quid. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And it's like student finance wouldn't cover in it, so you have to like either ask your parents or just like do two and stuff. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to do that. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to. Like, for me, there. I think, it, bro, what I realised with Essex, Colchester is really expensive as well. It's just like London. Mm. Like it was fun living out in the sense that, but I was lucky because like because Danny, Moby, and John, like all of the boys were there, so it was it was so yeah. calm. Like. It, but I think regardless, like couple said, you you make friends and you'll be fine. 100%. Um, so it's not it's not really an issue of you know living out living out really far away will be that hard because once you start making friends and you seem like a really independent person as well, so I don't think you'll struggle with, with that. Yeah. Um, but Colchester was quite expensive. Like one thing I'd say is moving out of London would be cheaper in terms of like rent and just general living costs. Like up north is a lot generally a lot cheaper, but um, mm. for me in Essex it was actually quite expensive. Like it was. Because it was still quite close to London. Um, but, so, 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 go, go, go ahead, man. I think, with regards, obviously, like expenses is a big thing, yeah. But I think, yeah. at the end of the day, I think in the grand scheme of things, the events you, I think when you're like 30 or whatever and you look back, mm. I don't think those expenses will be that deep once you're like working and stuff. Um, mm. So I think the reason why I like London is because there are so many like opportunities, bro. Like, for example, if there's like a, like, for, for, for me and my friends or whatever, um, I met, so in fourth year I intercalated so we did like another degree within our medical degree and a lot oh, of people came. calm down bro <laughs> nah, it's compulsory isn't it yeah, it's not, oh okay, yeah. okay. So we had to do it so other people from like different unis came to like Imperial to do it yeah? like from like Newcastle or whatever and then he was like bro like you guys are bare lucky and I was like what do you mean it was like, I was like bro if ever I wanted to go to a medical conference I have to spend hundreds of pounds getting a train ticket to come here but you lot just jump on the tube and you're already here so in terms of like opportunities available london's literally like popping all the time um yeah. and also like for me like there's loads of like like catholic like events like, for, for example the westminster diocese that we're all part of they do like loads of events and stuff which i, yeah. I quite like then you can go I'm, there's like loads of for example westminster cathedral i could go there like every week so there's loads of like i mean i'm not saying that if you go somewhere else there won't be like churches and stuff um but i feel like there's a lot of stuff to do um in london so i really did enjoy my uni experience and I guess it also comes down to what you're going to be studying and what unis offer you the best like, yeah. course of what you're going to study. So um, if one in yeah. uni is like rated quite highly, like, to, like also get in touch, touch with the admissions team and like find out more about the course and stuff. Also talk to people who've also done the course and been to the uni and stuff. That'd be quite useful. Because one thing I'd, I do regret about Essex and the course I'd done there was I would have preferred to do that course in a different uni where they had a better stand-in for that course. And I think that's what that's quite it is quite important that you go to a uni who's reputable in the course that you're wanting to study they can offer yeah, you yeah. like good work experience or like good insight like have really good lecturers and stuff like that so yeah that's quite important the thing well. is, now because of covid you can't really um 
because something like that this hasn't happened in like hundreds of years yeah. you don't know how you, you know reacting to this exactly. to these circumstances yeah. i know a, a lot of my friends they were like oh i wish i took the gap yeah i wish i'd done what you did because yeah. i didn't want to rush anything isn't it yeah. So yeah. i didn't i didn't actually even want to go to uni this year thank god my the course i wanted to do required you know a yeah. level maths mm-hmm. otherwise i'd, I'd probably have would have had to force myself yeah. to go and do another course mm. which I, I didn't want to do because you've got to think about the expenses you're taking out the student loan yeah. exactly. like nine, 9k a mm. year yeah. and then I, I didn't do enough research on what unis I wanted to go to yeah. so like my, my university application I rushed it completely I, I sent it on the deadline day imagine mm. that so I was like okay let me let, let me take some time out let me think about this uh, and and we anticipate my needs and what needs to be done prioritize this this and that and then yeah let me do things in my own time mm-hmm. exactly yeah. and I always, for me for michael uh we, we have this friend uh, of our close friends like his name is vit and and also we have another friend called beck but like um, could, um cj you've met them both in yeah. it uh, and if you look at like, they're so on it with regards to, like everything like they see because us lot the rest of us lot, like in our club friendship, we're always kind of like winging it. If you look at us, but like, they're very like on it in terms. Of they know what they want. They do like sick exams. Um, they just got their mind screwed on, and they was similar with both of them. Or was they both took a gap year, so they took a year out, and then they went into this degree knowing that okay, you know, I've I've taken my time. I know exactly what I want, and so now I'm just gonna work hard, and I'm gonna I've got all my other stuff unlocked, and I'm just gonna go in here with like a clear head, which I think. There's a lot of things to sort of like benefit from after like taking a gap year. I think mm. you go in there with like a clear head, and yeah, I think uni will be. I won't say uni will be a breeze, but it will be easier because yeah. you'll be like yeah. that Like you said, you you're gonna be more in tune with what you want and what your needs are yeah. and what can be so, done to meet them. So, hundred percent, man. So, how did you find life after uni? So you know, you graduated. You know, what what kind of what were the expectations from you know your parents what they wanted you to do and what did you want to do after you you guys graduated so for me like I mean, obviously yeah. Milan can't answer but do you kind of anticipate what you're going to do so so I'll yeah. go on to siege first I was say I was I was honestly a bit stuck after uni because I didn't want to start working straight away and so I kind of went the master's route and did my master's but mm-hmm. looking back on it I wish I kind of just went into work straight away but I just feel like I wasn't in the mindset to to go into work but yeah in the end like i think the masters worked out because i didn't have to pay for the masters and you know the job is okay like it's 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 rewarding but at the same time it's difficult so it, it always keeps you on your toes so yeah in that sense I, i'm happy with it i'm enjoying it in in, in that sense so sick man oh so if you don't mind what, what, what do you do i'm job? i'm a social worker occupation. like children's social worker nice it's 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 good like like i said it's rewarding but at the same time yeah it's but like, it can be a bit mentally draining at yeah, times, yeah 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 you worked so hard bro like proper like see yeah, like, driving up to like liverpool and stuff to see it's the kid that you're yeah. that you're there's a lot of from. yeah there's a lot of driving and like it's it's like you literally like you build like a really close relationship with these people in it so it's yeah, hard yeah, it's hard like when yeah it's hard when something happens to them or like like i had like 20 kids on my caseload and i felt like i was like their carer like and it was mm. even on weekends it was difficult to like switch off and like not look at the computer and stuff and that that's where it come that's where you have to kind of separate like have like a work life balance where you don't 
constantly think about work. Well, it's it's harder than it's harder than it seems because even managers like they they're online on weekends and stuff, and they were telling me like, why are you signed in right now? So, well, same reason you are. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 It's Sick man. So Milan, what have you got planned after? Because this is your final year, isn't it? Yeah. Doing your dissertation this year. Ah, so bro, basically, so the way it works is, so when you do medicine, so essentially there's no like dissertation, just exams. Oh, is it? I had a dissertation in my fourth year. I did the other degree, so I did I did okay. degree management. So we had this dissertation for that. Um, but yeah, now what? So with like medicine stuff, there's like a there's always like a set path. So once you graduate after final year, you basically you're you're guaranteed a job in the NHS, and you. But you're guaranteed the job, but where you work is dependent on your ranking. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that you get ranked. So at the end of med school, or in final year, you get ranked against all the other medical students who are going to graduate this year in the country. Um, so like how many there are like in the whole country. And then you, what you do is we have this kind of similar to UCAS, but we call it it's a system called Oriel. So essentially okay. it's, it's similar to UCAS, but you rank all the different areas like Scotland, North London, South London, rank all the 19 different areas in the UK from one to 19. And then based on your ranking, um, you get wherever you get pretty much like you can get North London, you can get whatever area. And then essentially there's tiers called foundations, so F1, F2. Um, so pretty much for me for the next two years after this year, It'll just be me working um, as a doctor um, in like foundation year one, foundation year two. And then after that, after foundation year two is when you decide what sort of specialty you want to go into. Um, and I can't, I'm probably, I'm thinking of either anesthetics or GP, um, but I'm not too sure yet. I think I have in mind anyway. But I, I always look at medicine as like one of the hardest degrees in the world. It's as you said, like like you you've dedicated six years of your life to just stay consistent, stay disciplined. Yeah, it's, at yeah. any time, you do have the choice to drop out, but then because you've come so Wait, far, yeah. that kind of deters you from you know. Let me just let me just stick to this. Let me just yeah, hundred percent yeah. And I, come I, into yeah it's fun as well, to be fair, because like, because literally my job is just like obviously there's like obviously loads of science and stuff involved. But you're just talking to people, understanding what problem they have, mm. and you're bridging. And what you don't realize is there's so many other healthcare professionals. So it's not just you doing the job. Like there's nurses, there's pharmacists, or like different people who are working, like occupational therapists, physiotherapists. But you're just your job essentially as a doctor is to figure out what's going wrong, or what's the problem, diagnose it, and be like, okay, the best way to treat it is this. So there's a lot of like the front end stuff in the sense that you have to deal with a lot of people, a lot of patients. Now there's a lot of like. Yeah, communication skills involved, um, and then like, loads of clinical skills like cannulation, like ugh, taking blood, all that random stuff. Um, but yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun. I like going into placement, talking to patients, learning their stories. That's sick, man. That's that's good that you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Because it can be so challenging at times. I can imagine. Same with CEO, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to look at like the good days and kind of build on what you get out of the good days. And just yeah. keep like, like, like I'd say, yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. And there's, there's like different things that you sort of come out. Like for example, last year, fifty, I was like, I helped deliver a baby in it. I was like, oh, that's sick. Oh, that's, oh, that's sick, man. Sick, man. It was yeah. sick because like cause you see how much the mom struggles, mm. and as soon as the baby's born, it's just like, bro, they loved the baby before the baby was even born, in there, and you realise that, like, bro. 
this is what my parents went through yeah. when 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 I was born and stuff. It's just yeah, it's just it sort of like helps you to put things into perspective. Yeah, but it's different. But like for example, today I helped out with like a surgery on a kid who had like a fractured um, a radius, which is like um, yeah, 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 radius and ulnar is here, isn't it? Yeah, my guy knows. Yeah, yeah literally. Come on. So she fractured it. So she had like plates, metal plates and screws in before. So basically what we had to do the surgery was just open it up and just take out the metal plates and screws. So it was quite a matter. I had like a screwdriver. I was trying to like take oh, it out. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> these little things like that. It's just fun, isn't it? Because yeah. as a student, you don't really have any responsibility. Yeah. Like in yeah. sense that like the patients aren't really your responsibility. It's the doctor's responsibility, isn't it? So you can pretty much do whatever you want and they'll supervise you. And if you're going to get stuff wrong, you might as well get it wrong now because once you're a doctor, you can't really get stuff wrong. So, yeah, it's fun. But That's sick, man. I, I, I didn't think it was that enjoyable, your course. Yeah. When you think about medicine, you're like, okay, become a doctor, remember a shitload of information. Yeah, it is sick. Yeah, and stuff like that, isn't it? It's a and, lot you know, of Because there's so much responsibility and pressure on your hands. If you get one thing wrong, that can lead to yeah. Yeah, devastating. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, yeah. Fatality or something like that. Definitely. So, yeah. It is very, like... It is definitely a pressure situation, but I think it's worth it in the end, I think. That's sick, man. Yeah. I, I meet a, I've met a lot of people in my school. When I was sitting my GCSEs, triple science, I wasn't wasn't the smartest at all. I actually, I was going to get dropped from my course because of how bad I was. You know, when exams came in year 10, I was, like, getting the worst in my class. And then everyone's like, okay, who got that grade? That's that below everyone else. And it'd be me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to fix up. Yeah. So I started leveling up, and then, thanks to God, I, I got all A stars in my triple wow. science course. But then I was talking to other Asians, and they were like, they're trying so hard because their parents want them to go into this, you know, route of medicine. When when you're kind of forced down that route of your parents wanting you to do things, and then you don't want to do it, it can lead to things like that, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah, I, I like medicine's the wrong one to do it for because it's so long. You just end up hating. You just end up hating what you're doing. It's just so like it's not sustainable. One. Let's do a, a post-match analysis on Enfield vs PFC. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I've been dying to get out. Like okay. we've been we've been taking it piece by piece, but I just want to go at it whole now. I think yeah, yeah, I think I, th- I think it was a game of two halves. 100%. I think in the first half yeah. we came out like like you said there was there was a you lot guys of came out as footballers and we came out as uncles. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's fair. That is fair. Nah. I think do you know what happened? I think like you guys played three at the back didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that that yeah, might have been the reason. Basically, yeah. Yeah, so Sergio and myself had this debate at the beginning, right? So uh, so going into the tournament, I was just like, yes, calm, me and Sue, we'll just play two at the back the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. And then we come to the tournament, and everyone's playing three first at the back. First game, like, like first game, ev- yeah. every team was like playing three at the back. So we were like, we were okay, like, yeah. should we play three at the back? And we played three at the back, and we lost that game, 2-0. We lost 2-0. It just didn't make sense. And then, yeah. Then, like, against, uh, Indian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then we were like, I was like, fuck this, yeah, we're going to go back to our original formation, we just have yeah. two, two at the back. Mm. And then from then, until the final, we kept a clean sheet. Yeah. Oh, then obviously yeah. you had to go score a hat trick against us, but yeah, it, you know, yeah, we <laughs> no, can't. I the thing is, with the first half, you guys absolutely smashed it. I was like, okay, 
because not 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 many times I find myself saying, okay, this is a difficult team to actually play against, you know, as because CPFC, we're we're a decent team. Yeah. We're not yeah, we're yeah. not a crap team. Yeah. Yeah. We got we all have that basic um, understanding of what football should play like. Yeah. But not not all of us are capable or with training in the future hopefully mm-hmm. we'll get those like basic fundamentals right because in the first half we were making a lot of slobby mistakes mm-hmm. um one of the uh joshua he's on our team we call him charchin yeah. his wife was recording like little clips of the game and then we're just oh, watching yeah. yeah simple mistakes we were making that shouldn't be happening and then there were a lot of one-on-one opportunities uh where we should we should just be sliding it back at the net especially because yeah. mobin wasn't playing as well yeah yeah, and there was one chance we just completely missed the target, and that kind of frustrated me. So I was like, "Let me let me push up a bit more. Yeah. Hopefully, we can slot a couple." That, that Regan Regan missed the setter. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was that was hard because the thing is, he done the same thing against Liverpool. I gave him a one on one. I'm not look, listen. You guys subscribe to my YouTube. I posted the first and second half of it. Oh Seriously? no way! Okay. CPFC. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, yeah, yeah, bro, I didn't know you had a YouTube. Riga's not left-footed. Why is he taking penalty left-footed? Because the thing is, in training, this guy could... Because we would have a... We had a little training session before the tournament. We had a penalty yeah. shootout. Okay. His left foot was actually all right, but because he was confident, if you watched the penalty shootout, you could see there was a lack of confidence. You know, okay. Once he stepped up to take the penalty, he had to switch the balls, because the okay. ball was in the same. All these delays kind of affect, you know, yeah. your mentality before you take penalty. Because yeah. when you take a penalty, it's all about confidence, and then how you strike the ball. Liverpool's first two players were confident. They just slotted that one, slotted in top corner. The other one was bottomed in. And our keeper's actually—he's a sick keeper. Yeah, yeah. he's really good. Hard to score against. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. How, like, how, how do you how do you guys know him? How how did he come into CPFC? Oh, he's Alex's friend. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. But for a big guy, he was getting down like really Sick, quickly bro. for a lot of really? yeah. Second half, yeah, like, he kept sick, like he, he kept kept a clean sheet second half, didn't he? Like, then we didn't score yeah. second half. So. Yeah, because we've known him for a while, but this mm. was the first tournament he he could calm down and play. Because mm. we we've, we've always been trying to get him to to come in when we didn't have Mobin, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But when Mobin left us, it made Atletico Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> So wait, so going back to the final, yeah. So if we analyze. Yeah. But like you said, so yeah, so in the first half, we we came out like very attacking. We were, I think we were just like to get goals on the board. We just need to make sure we go go get the first goal pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can sort of see we're just like pressing high, just to make sure we put pressure and just like kind of just tracking back and I'm just just running that as much as we can. There. Mm-hmm. And then you said you sort of clocked that. Well, what? And you said you started pushing up. Was there anything else you started like analyzing or anything that you clocked that you like? You know, I need to start doing this because they're doing this, or like was it like this? I'm just like interested in like the intricacies that you sort of noticed when you were playing. So from the centre back, it's almost like you're playing in goal. You can see the whole pitch. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So you know, you know, in FIFA when you take a when you take a goal kick, you know that camera angle. Yeah. You can see the whole pitch. Yeah. That's kind of like what I can see. And because of my awareness off the ball, mm. I feel like that benefits because when you watch the clips, you'll see my head is going like an owl and then everyone else is just on the ball yeah. all the time. If the ball's there, my eyes are there. Yeah. The ball's yeah. there, my eyes are there. Whereas me, even if someone's passing the ball to me, while the ball is coming to me, I've got my, around. my head up, I'm, I'm looking. So 
So that kind of gives me that half a second I need to, to make a decision, which mm. helps a lot in whatever position I play. Whereas with my boys at CPFC, because their neck, their chins are down and they're so fixated on the ball, once they get the ball and then they look up, it's just too late. Players yeah. already there. Two players late. already there. First off, they weren't getting their head up. So you could see Aaron getting frustrated a lot of the time when he was losing the ball because he wasn't getting his head up. Uh, our midfielders, you know, Nathan and James were losing the ball because they weren't getting their head up. And then first touch was sloppy as well on my side of the team. These little clips you can see first touches and the best. You know, in in a seven side game, you need to play quick football. Your first touch needs to be immaculate. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if it's not too too great, you need to create that space for yourself. With with CPFC, their off the ball movement is shambles. I gotta be I gotta be honest from my side. You know, I um, I think and I I, t- yeah. I tell them a lot of the time. You guys need to move off the ball. You can't just pass and then expect someone to perform a bit of magic. You know, like even when they pass it to me, I'm not getting that movement that I want yeah. on a seven aside. Like, I think to drag players was, out. And yeah, like I think like it was exactly. ki- it was kind of clear to see near the end because like obviously you, you ran through the team by yourself, and that just shows obviously there wasn't much you know, movement. That, that's a bit, that, that was out of frustration. Mm. You know, I do that. Yeah, yeah. Because if if my team was moving, like I'll always try and find the pass. Yeah. You know, that was one thing growing up. I, I was a bit selfish where I wasn't finding the pass and then I developed mm-hmm. to just always look for the pass first. But then I, I had to become a bit selfish towards the end because no one was scoring goals, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. The ball was there and then when they do shoot, it's not on target. And then when they should shoot, they're not. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to take a, I had to, you know, take a step up and start shooting. Luckily, CJ let me score. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Rob is deep, yeah. You ran through the whole team. It started with me. You rinsed me first, and then everyone else just oh, watched. Was it? Oh, yeah. The last you... goal, who, who was in goal? I don't know. Uh, John, was, John goal. was in goal at that time. Oh, okay. But that was a great goal, though. Like, you... I yeah. don't even remember it. Yeah, I do because <laughs> because you rinsed from, from me first. From your point of view, who, who were like the um, who were the top performers in that game? Um, Manny. He was sick. I can't lie. He was clinical. Because, you know, Aston is not... That's our keeper, keeping him. He's not easy to score against one-on-one. Like, even Mahesh struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they score similar goals to how you score. They make that final pass, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then it's basically an open goal. But Manny was slotting it through Aston's legs, which is basically the only place you can score. You can shoot to score against him. And then he done that what like two two times he slotted through yeah, his legs. Yeah, like, like, just picking up like, the pieces. Yeah, I always say that. Cause, yeah, cause cause with Manu, like cause he's not one of my best friends, isn't it? Like he, one thing about him, yeah, he's he's a big game player, man. And and he has that hunger. For, even probably, even if I play with FIFA, he'll just he, he won't stop until he wins. <laughs> it's that kind of like mentality. And it was like I could see he was talking. He was like, even from group games, the games that he didn't score he was like oh bruv oh, we played sick but I didn't score I need to score the next game and the next game he got on goal and then the semis he didn't score and he was like oh don't worry bro I'm fine I'm going to make sure I, I score and he always has that hunger and it's like like you said he's, he's a very like clinical player um, which you need in the team isn't it? that mindset is so important and yeah. you guys have been blessed with a player like that on your team because that mindset you can't you can't buy it from a person yeah. you know, yeah, exactly, you, know exactly. you know that, and we're trying to develop that I'm trying to make our players be more like that mm-hmm. you know because yeah. they're going into the games forgetting who we're representing 
were representing on our grandma. Mm. And then 100%. Because, because of me, I, I worked my way into the first team, mm. you know, yeah. from the bench. So I know what it's like to, you know, put in that graft on the pitch, and, you know, give my 100%. Mm. So, yeah, that, that helped a lot. And I'm trying to make, you know, the others adopt that mindset as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which we're slowly getting there, but you know it is a yeah. slow and steady process. You know, I see you captaining CPFC at the next tournament. Yeah, youngest ever captain. Youngest ever captain. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you right now. We've got a captain. Yeah. No, it was just yeah. a learning experience for me, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm going to give the captaincy back to Aaron. He deserves it. He's our OG captain anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm Do you remember before this there was another tournament that was meant to happen, but it didn't happen because of COVID? And then you were going to play for us, Brandon. Do you remember? I do remember. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I was telling CJ, I was so shocked because, like, because I remember I messaged you and then I asked you, yeah, bro, like, what position you're playing? I was actually, like, just assuming that you were going to say, like, oh, just probably right, right wing or whatever. And then your, your, your answer surprised me. Like, you shocked me. I was like, what? Because um, I was just surprised at how humble you were. And you, you said, Bro, I'll start on the bench. I'll just play wherever you guys need me. In it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming into this team, and I'm just gonna start on the bench and work my way up and just cement my position. They will play wherever they need me. Um, but I guess that's all because that's how you can play anywhere. Instead, you can play centre side, you can play centre back, you can play left or right, but wherever you you can play wherever. I've even seen you play in goal sometimes. Mindset is everything when you when you step onto the pitch or do anything in life. If you have the right mindset, you're destined to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, man. I, think, I, think, I was going to say, I think that's a really good um, kind of note to end on. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. mate, it's been a yeah, very, very fruitful conversation. Uh, I've, I've learned so much. I yeah, was yeah. even like making notes. Yeah. And one thing that I'm looking at right now is do what you love. I'm going to do what I love from now on. That's, that's, that's good, one, amazing. That's one thing that I'm going to do. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much, man. Um, is there anything All else right. anyone wants to add? Okay, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Brandon. Um, like you've, yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. you've kind of dropped so many gems of knowledge. And like I keep saying, like from such a young age, that the fact that you're able to yeah. recognise um, not only your weaknesses, but also what you need to, like what you're good at and kind of build on that as well. That I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing quality. Um, I wish you the best in the future. You know, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, and um, kind of yeah, thank, thank you for involving us in yeah, you know, certain aspects of your life. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, we hope to... We hope to see the results that you're grinding towards very soon and we'll pray for you as well so 100 percent. yeah appreciate it bro and if you're ever free we can do another episode as well. of course yeah no definitely yeah 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 i don't mind bro this was sick because yeah. when's the last time you guys have recorded an episode like back in february yeah a long time ago. <laughs> yeah come on man you guys see, i forgot to tell you bro brandon listened to one of our did you actually i was so mad 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 Oh, respect for that, man. Thank you for listening. Well, which one, what was your favourite episode? No, okay, there's 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 a bit from each episode where I like, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Ronaldo Messi debate was, yeah. was one of the funniest <laughs> things. <laughs> the thing is, it's a bit controversial because Miller, we're United fans, isn't it? Yeah. And we're saying Messi's the GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit jokes, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, one thing that made me laugh is when you when Mobin was on the podcast at the beginning and then you, you when you were introducing him you were like MJ MJ <laughs> Jacob <laughs> I was dying I was dying I laughed that I like repeated that three times because it was putting a smile on
was mad. That's jokes. Yeah, no, I think that, like, like, this is something you enjoy doing, isn't it? You know, having a podcast. Definitely. Exactly. Keep doing it, man. Mm. Do what you love. Yeah, do what you love. Yeah, that's gonna be our. That's gonna be our thing now. Do what you love. Yeah. Okay, quote Brandon Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Um, but yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. Take care, This is to conclude the Waffle and Jam podcast. Make sure you listen to us on the Anchor app. Uh, check out our Instagrams at C Jojos. It'll be in the description. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be in the description. Um, join us again. I'm gonna get these guys to do another podcast within the, this later this month. We're gonna get yeah. another episode done. Mad. Gonna stick to a discipline pattern, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, I'll catch you guys later. I've been Brandon Anthony. See you in a bit, boys. Out. Take care. Man.